The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Hello, do you like New Japan Pro Wrestling? Are you a Shinihon freak? If so, check out the Super Jcast with Joel and Damon on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. And even if you fucking hate New Japan Pro Wrestling, listen to the Super Jcast anyway. Not just for our great show reviews, analysis, and pastrami sandwiches, mm-hmm. but there's also usually some dick jokes somewhere in the obligatory opening 30 minutes of absolute nonsense we chat about every single week. That's the Super Jcast for all the best talk about New Japan Pro Wrestling, crisps, and pornography. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. What do you guys want to talk about? You are listening to the flagship podcast with your hosts, Joe Lanza. So no, I'm not taking it. Listen, I am more than happy to be the butt of a joke or to be self-deprecating. I think everybody knows that. They've been listening for 10 years. Okay? Not on this one. Because I am not taking an L on this. Okay? So no. That's it. Yeah, no. This one, I'm not taking this L. Okay? <laughs> Rich Crage. Joe, are you ready for Roadblock End of the Line? Roadblock End of the Line. 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 Roadblock End of the Line seems to have some buzz. A lot of buzz from the line. It really all right, and we are live on the flagship podcast. I am Rich. He is Joe. Joe, what's happening? How are you? How are you, sir? You know, this is uh, a big-time show this week. We've got the Tuesday Night War yeah. to discuss with all of the uh, ratings fallout and Tony Khan slowly losing his mind, and we've got <laughs> WWE Fastlane Vroom Vroom. Yeah, we were down. told uh, last yeah. week, Joe, what a comedy of errors. We kept calling it Roadblock End of the Line. It wasn't Roadblock End of the Line at all. It was WWE Fastlane. I don't know how that. I don't, uh, I don't know I don't how that happened. That. I'm usually I usually have my WWE calendar down to the uh, you know to, to an exact science, but uh, apparently we called it Roadblock End of the Line all last I week, and it's actually it's actually I Fastlane. I, I don't. That's what I was told. I didn't listen back, but um, I don't know. It seems not. That doesn't seem like us. I don't believe it. I, I don't think we would make an egregious error like that for such a very important PLE. So uh, perhaps those listeners need to clean out their ears. We also have more uh, CM Punk news, believe it or not. This man just will not go away. We will <laughs> talk about little by little. He's, try- he's trying to wrestling. stay around. He's trying. He really is. But we'll see. We'll talk about New Japan Pro Wrestling, the destruction in Ryu Goku uh, event that happened a few nights ago. And they've got the big Royal Quest 3 show coming up. The Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame ballots came out this week and there's some interesting new contenders to talk about there plus we're going to uh plug the shit out of our upcoming uh observer hall of fame coverage behind the paywall which is always something a lot of people enjoy we want to touch on the west coast pro 5 show coming up and i know people wanted us to talk about the uh 
the the MLW show coming up this weekend. We'll review it next week. And <laughs> hold on, I need to catch up on <laughs> hold some. On, MLW. Hold on, we'll, I did not agree we'll to review that. it next week. <laughs> For the record, I did not Rich, agree to that. Rich will be forced to watch it, and we'll review that next week. And and, and then we'll preview the NWA show next week too. People asked about the NWA show, so. We will, you know, for all of you MLW and NWA mutants out there, uh, we will talk about both of those promotions next week. You're going to get Impact too next week because I'm going to Bound for Glory next weekend. So you're going to yeah, get a, you're yeah. going to get so, Impact, NWA, MLW. So that should be that should be one of our uh, highest uh, uh, attended live shows and, and probably our most downloaded show of the year. Uh, when you when you when you when you hit the big time NWA, MLW, Impact Wrestling triad there, uh, yeah, it should be a tremendous show next week. Huge show next week. Yeah, the, the point here is, though, I, I don't think that there's another wrestling podcast on earth that's going to uh, spray to all fields, so to speak, the way that we do and talk about literally everything, which is why I think it's only fitting that on this week's show, despite all of those big topics, we open up with uh, Fuminari Abe versus Takuya Nomura. Yes, we are the a, fighting detectives. Let's go. Yeah, and a very small produce show in front of about 400 people in Shinjuku face in Tokyo, Japan. Because here's the thing. That's what we do here. Yep. Mm -hmm. We cover everything. And this match happened about, I don't know, 10 hours ago or something like that. And this is a match that already I am seeing five-star buzz. I am seeing match of the year buzz. I have even seen some people say that this is the match of the decade. I have even seen... Yeah, so currently on Cage Match, as the, uh, I was going to say as the crow flies, but that's not the proper analogy. Uh, as we speak on Cage Match, this match is sitting at 9.74, which is pretty much as high as you're going to get. Um, in terms of a Cage Match rating, there's with, with 34 votes coming in. So not, ex you know, it's not like six people have, uh, have rated this thing. So uh, it's got a ton of buzz. And I figure, why don't we just talk about that quickly since it happened this morning? Let's do it. And what other podcast, seriously, what other podcast <laughs> is going to talk about this match? Maybe that's going to have this Flo amount of show. listeners. That's going to have this Maybe. amount of listeners, too. That's Emerald Flow Show on the Voice Wrestling Podcast Network. They'll probably talk about they, it. I'm, I'm sure they will. Yep. But other than this show and Emerald Flow Show, seriously, who's going to talk about this Fuminari Abe Takuya Nomura match? And, and the fact of the matter is, uh, people need us. You know, they, they need us because it would just get ignored otherwise. And in our little corner of the world, that's not going to happen. Okay? You guys can bury us all day long. Listen, Rich, I'm I'm feisty today, if in case you have. I can, I can tell. Can Let's tell. go. Okay? I like it. I'm, I'm, I'm not feeling great. Okay? I've had a rough one, and I'm feeling a little feisty. Okay? But the fact of the matter is you guys can rip us all day long for covering the NWA pay-per-views. And, you know, nobody cares. They always stink. Why do you cover these things? The same reason we're going to open up the show with Fuminari Abe versus Takuya no more. Because if not us, then who? And if not us, then wh what happens to the wrestling media landscape without this show? They need us, Rich. They need us. And that's what we're here for. To talk about matches like this that don't need to fall into the seat cushions of the wrestling media world. So let's do it. What would you think of the match? Fucking loved it. Fucking loved it. Yeah, I, I, this started getting some buzz when I woke up. And people were like, oh, my God, you got to watch this match. You got to watch this match. And first off, I'm thinking, okay, I, how do I even – what is this thing even on? Or, or, you know, seeing Fuminori Abe versus Takuya Nomura, I had no idea what – is it on 
Big Japan World Core or whatever. Is that still a thing? I don't even know if that's still a thing anymore. I'm thinking I, there's no way I'm going to be able to find this thing. And then people say, no, 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 it's on Russell Universe. And Russell Universe, uh, this is a good time to talk about them as well. The best wrestling streaming service by far. Now, we're going to see what New Japan World does when they have their little update. When, when things they, they, they claim that a lot of things are going to get fixed and a lot of things are going to change with New Japan World. And that's well and good. And I'm fine. You know, New Japan World mostly works okay for me. I, I rarely have any problems with it. But then you watch Wrestle Universe. And I watched this show from Shinjuku Face. Like you said, 400 people there. It's a produce show. It's called We Are the Fighting Detectives. And it looks beautiful. It's gorgeous. It's in like HD quality. It looks phenomenal. And then I watch, you know, the New Japan show from Sumo Hall, and it looks like it's I'm watching it through a potato. It's like, what the fuck is going on here? It's like we always talk about when you watch New Japan on Access. You're like, oh, yeah, that's what New Japan looks like when it's like presented with nice cameras and in HD and, and on, you know what? I don't know. New Japan World, the quality always fucking stinks for the show. So I hope, I hope, I hope when they do the update that hopefully that gets corrected and hopefully New Japan World looks better uh, and the shows look better and maybe it's a little easier to navigate and stuff because Wrestle Universe is amazing to navigate the problem is i don't really love everything that's on russell universe noah not that interested in watching noah right now uh tokyo joshi pro i, I watched a little bit of uh the, uh the you know the tokyo joshi pro but not enough to to make it worthwhile to, to pop onto russell universe all the time or whatever and then there's some other stuff here and there ddt do not care the offshoots of of of, of ddt do not care about Ganbari pro i'm not watching that shit so when i found out this is on russell universe i'm like all right cool that'll be nice and easy to watch and i know exactly how to get there and there it was waiting for me this morning to watch clicked play looks beautiful and then i was treated to this match which i thought was phenomenal 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 stuff between Two people that, if you don't know, these guys are tag team partners. If you're new to the show, you're just jumping in, you have no idea what the fuck we're talking about, why the hell we're starting the show with Takuya Nomura and Fuminori Abe. Welcome to the flagship podcast. This is what we do. These guys are the astronauts. They are a tag team. They're doing this proto show, and they just decide that the bell's going to ring, and they're going to beat the ever-living shit out of each other for 20 minutes and never stop beating the shit out of each other until the bell rings, and then sometimes even tease that they're going to beat the shit out of each other after the bell rings and do it all in the spirit of competition and in the spirit of proving which one of these men is better than the other men. So the bell rings, and they go at it. They punch, they kick, they slap, they chop, they headbutt, they put each other in leg locks, and eventually after 20 minutes, Fuminori Abe makes Nomura tap out, now, Fuminori Abe is gushing blood at this point because at one point during the match, Nomura just turned around and just punched the guy in the forehead enough times to make his, his head brust open. Fantastic. And then Abe just said, you know what, motherfucker? I'm just going to break your leg. So he puts him in a leg lock, and he holds the leg lock, and he holds it, and he holds it, and he holds it, and Nomura's trying like hell to get out, trying desperately to get out. He can't get out. He finally has to tap out. Abe wins. These two friends kind of handshake, which is amazing because these are friends. These are tag team partners. They're not brochachos, but you know what? At the end of the day, Abe's gushing blood. Nomura can barely walk. They still kind of say, yeah, yeah, well, hope you had a fun time, man. I had a fun time. They shake hands. It's over. And then one of my favorite spots of the entire thing that happens after the, uh, after the match is done, where Nomura turns around and Funori Abe teases like he's going to kick Nomura in the back of the leg. And Nomura turns around. He's like, well, come on. And Abe kind of taps him on the leg. And he's like, oh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm not going to hurt you anymore. And then it's over. And the match is done. And the fans go home happy. That is a match. That is how two friends have a wrestling match. That is what pro wrestling is. Two dumb jock idiots go out there and kill one another to prove that one is better than the other, and eventually one is just better than the other. And then they go, okay, sir, you were better on this night. And then they move on to the rest of their lives. This is pro wrestling. 
This is it. This is what I want out of my wrestling. This is the shit. When people are like, ah, nothing makes you guys happy when we're complaining about Timeless Tony or the Brochachos, this makes me happy. This is what I want out of wrestling. Two men go in there, beat the shit out of each other. One guy is better than the other. That's what I want out of my wrestling in 2023. That's the example right there. Wrestle Universe, go see it. Rich, all fired up as fired we open up, up a little as we open up a little bati bati here on the flagship. Who else is gonna open up with that? Well, incredible. This guy's all fired up. Yeah, look. They busted each other open hard way, like poor Becky Lynch has been trying to do in like in like her last three matches and 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 being unsuccessful in doing so. Maybe she should watch the tape of these two guys because by the end of this, Abe's pouring blood, uh just just like a faucet uh you know <laughs> down his skull into his face you know and the finish with the reversal you know no more has got him in the leg lock and he pulls abe away from the rope. then abe does the reversal and then he gets the tap no more is screaming in pain as he uh as he taps out and yeah it was just uh delightfully stiff slapping each other in the face trying to make each other bleed hard way stiff kicks soccer kicks to downed opponents uh, a lot of grappling. It's that, you know, Bati Bati style, you know, and uh, that battle art shit uh, style shit. And, you know, that's what Fuminari Abe brings to the table. These guys are the astronauts. We ironically talked about them last week when uh, I was threatening to name 200. Uh, what was it? What did I say? I could do 300 tag teams better than Edge and I Christian. I think you did. Yeah. And there's some and, people that, that that took that challenge. And I know that Robin Reed on our uh, our, our Slack, one of the guys in charge of the uh, the Wrestling 101 project, he got very comfortably to about 150 teams, I want to say, <laughs> very comfortably. So uh, he has no doubt that you could get to easily 200. I, I get forget. to 300. Yeah, I, I think it, you it, could. Yeah. Now, now that when, when I saw that list and I was like, oh, surely he could. And, and I cracked could. my knuckles and scrolled and scrolled and scrolled and scrolled and scrolled. And I was like, fuck, man. Yeah, Joe could probably get to 200 pretty easily. You, you see the list and you, you know what's left off. And it's like you could easily get to 300 if, if you know. If you're if you're considering worldwide and the history of wrestling and all those things, but um, but yeah, and then here they are, you know, having a match uh, this morning, yesterday in Japan. Now I will say, um, I don't see this as a match of the year contender for me. I I, I certainly don't see it as a match of the decade contender, and I don't have it anywhere near five stars. But I did enjoy the hell out of it. Um, for all the reasons you said and all the reasons that I just brought up, if if I could be critical. Uh, you know, I did think it may have been a little too tongue and cheeky for my tastes. Now, I get that that was the story. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I don't want anyone to tell me, oh, the story went over your head, Joe. These guys are pals. And that that was kind of part of the story that, you know, despite the fact that they're pals and they worked in a comedy spot or two, they were still willing to just totally maim each other. No, I get it. I understand that. I'm just saying that that doesn't necessarily fully land for me when you're talking about, you know, going five stars or telling me something's a match of the decade contender. Um, even at the, the finish, uh, something that bugged me was uh, Abe does the reversal. He puts Nomura in, in, the, in the submission and Nomura is screaming like, you know, he's being murdered by someone breaking into his house. And the fans are laughing because the tone that they had set was that, despite how brutal and vicious and nasty this match was, there was still sort of this overriding tone of, I, I don't know what the right word to use. I keep coming back to the phrase tongue and cheekness to it. Um, and, and I kind of, 
you know, when when you're coming to the conclusion of a match this violent, you know, I I, I, I would kind of hope that the wrestlers can um, control the emotions of the fans to where they now understand they're not watching something that's meant to be laughed at. I, 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 these are minor gripes. The match right, is right. Great. I, th- I think that the fans didn't feel, and and because the wrestlers didn't portray a, any level of hatred. There was no hatred between these these ones. It was not. There, there was no. These guys didn't dislike each other at any point. They were just a, in a competitive battle yeah. to figure out who was better between the two. And like you said, the fans. And did it's kind of like it. you said. It's kind of like you said where and they're so stupid. And they're such dumb jocks that they're willing to practically kill each other. Right, and I think to... that made the comedy for the the the, the right. crowd because they're like, "What are right. these idiots exactly. doing? Why are they killing each yes. other like this? Aren't these so supposed to be interest. friends? Aren't these tag team so partners?" As they're bouncing each other's foreheads on each other, and they're like, "What are they doing? Why are they doing so much?" So that makes yeah. for a very interesting psychology that yeah. you don't see every day, you know. And and um, you know, it's just I, I'm not sure that you can do a match like that and have it be one of the greatest matches I've ever seen. That's all. Um, because legitimately, that's the kind of buzz that it's getting. I'm not yeah, making yeah. that up. No, 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 like, no. You are not. You are not. There's people who think this is like the match of the decade. Um, and and you know that 9.74 on cage match. You, you know, that's essentially all tens with a couple nines sprinkled in when you have a rating that high. And you know, we're talking almost 40. Yeah, votes. I think there's one eight right now. <laughs> yeah. One eight, and everything else is 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 tens and nines. So if I had to rate it, if you want me to be Captain Buzzkill here, um, I actually already wrote it in my notebook. You know, there are times where I'll where I'll, where I'll sleep on a match before I rate it um, because I don't know why. Because I guess I'm stupid like that, and I think that it matters for some reason. But this one, I just I, I went with my gut, and I have it at four and a quarter plus. So that's where I'm at with it. It's a great match that everyone should seek out and watch for sure. Um, just because of the uniqueness of the way it was worked and the the kind of unique psychology that they uh, that they brought to the table, I, I when I say the word unique, I have to do it Jim Ross style now. Unique this unique format, yeah, a fucking tournament. A tournament What's so unique yeah. about it? You, Jim? you win, you, like, you move on, you lose, you go home. It's a very unique yeah. format. <laughs> Thanks, this Jim. Unique format, you lose, you're out. It was like what? Every single elimination tournament ever, Jim, in the history of yeah, mankind. Unique, yeah. Unique format. Uh, but yeah, a, a, a great match. And uh, as we span the globe here on the uh, don't be a fucking coward, Rich Krejci. What's your star rating? I am. I'm at five. I, I went five with it. I don't. I, I, I is it my match of the year? It is not going to be probably my number one match of the year. There's a few other matches this year that I think I think I liked a little bit better. But I got to say, this is going to be in my top ten. It just hits at the right time. You know what I mean? It yeah. just hits at the yeah. perfect time. You know what? Sometimes a wrestling match just gets you at the right time, and you're like, yes, yes, this is why I love this dumb shit all the time. And especially like on a, on, on a week like this that, that had so much annoying discourse and so many people just being so weird about wrestling and so strange about wrestling. And you know, there's some people that have the audacity on our Discord to say, well, maybe wrestling has passed you guys by because you don't like this brochacho stuff. And then I see matches like this, and I'm like, no, wrestling has not passed me by. They changed. I didn't change this shit's always been this is what i've always loved right here this show right here this match right here this is this is it man no it hasn't passed me by 
those guys are the problem, not me. You know what I mean? So it's one of those where it just hits you at the right time where you're like, you know, because sometimes you're just down on wrestling. Like people think that we come on here every single week. And yeah, we love wrestling. We always find ways to to get passionate about wrestling. But there's some times where it's like, fuck, man, I got to watch this stupid wrestling. And this week I had to watch stupid fast lane. And I had to watch NXT. And it's like one of those weeks where I'm like, ah, oh, God, wrestling does kind of stink sometimes, doesn't it? And then this match happens. And I'm like, no, you know what? Wrestling's fucking awesome. And you get a weird match like this and a weird show like this you know and i watched the whole show and the rest of the show wasn't very good by the way i the only match i did not see which i do want to go back and make sure i see uh was the um the semi-main event uh which i i i, I saw super tiger and yano and that was not very good super tiger is not very good anymore uh the opener had hideki suzuki in it so yeah my, my limit of, of what i'm interested in in that so like the rest of the show didn't really land for me but i started with the main event and and this that absolutely landed with me it was just absolutely a match that i was like yep this 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 is the type of stuff that i love about wrestling and the type of stuff that that makes me fall in love with it all over again and realize like yeah this shit is worth all the effort because sometimes it when it just lands it just lands so um will it be my match of the year probably not but i think it's pretty safely going to be in my top 10 i'm, I'm pretty sure you, you know how i know you watched the whole show because when i fired it up to watch it was in the middle of that super tiger match <laughs> yep fucking not good crate over here <laughs> fucking gotta watch you gotta watch guy. brother yashi dude when brother yashi's on the screen you just gotta watch it but uh it was not for this good. guy has my my passwords memorized better than i do let me tell you <laughs> trust me when i tell you that jeez I'm, I'm i'm firing up the wrestle universe cracking my knuckles and i and and i fire up the show and super tiger has keita yano in a fucking arm bar and i'm like oh someone's been on my account Whoops. wonder who it's who knows who it was you know it's, it's hey, Wrestle Universe, great service. Don't pay for it. I just use Joe's login. But. Yeah, guy puts over the service. He's out here stealing my password. And let me Bar- tell you, he's making borrowing. money hand over fist, this rich crate. Borrowing you. your password. He, he drives a late model German vehicle. He's got two of them in that driveway right now. You know, successful Patreon. He's got he's got the he's got the big time shoot job. This man's stealing my passwords <laughs> left and right. It's unbelievable. But uh yeah, no, I you know if you're into the style, I heard the whole show's pretty good too. So um, there's some stuff on there that looks interesting. You know, I'll ch- I'll check out this Hikaru Sato and Brother Yashi yeah, tag you're gonna, against you're gonna hate uh, that match. Hidaka. And, you're gonna hate it. Nah, it's not any good. Stupid. No, I mean I I hated it. I'm sure I'm sure somebody likes it. I'm sure a lot of people like it. I know you're gonna hate it. So yeah, well, um, it's a Hikaru you know, Sato. Sato. <laughs> it's a Hikaru well, Sato. I mean. No. I, I I I did a full 180 on him. I used to bury him mercilessly, and then he just won me over eventually. You know, it's uh, it's tricky for these guys who wear the kick pads and no shoes. Like you got to win me over because I I think that's just total geek shit. So it took a while, but you know he won me over. It took a while, but Speedball won me over. You know, but it, it's an uphill battle when you wear the kick pads with no shoes. I really can't stand that, but um. How about that Hideki Suzuki match, Rich? You were, were you locked into the uh, Hideki not Suzuki really. match? Or? No, not not really at all. He, well, spoiler alert, he won. Yeah, I know. Um, Shaka, I was going to say, I, he, if you hadn't seen the match, Joe, I was going to take some uh, action if he thought that uh, Hideki Suzuki would go over in this professional wrestling match, and he did indeed go over in this professional wrestling match. So, yeah. All right, well, that's the uh, – look, as I said, no one else is opening up with – Kakuto Tantidan, we are the fighting detectives from Shinjuku Face in front of uh, 300 people. Only here 
Only here. But, Only uh, here. Yeah, in a week that everyone's going to talk about Tony's tweets and CM Punk and WWE and the Tuesday Night War, and we'll get to all that shit. We start out with We Are the Fighting Detectives. Yep, that's what we do here. I love it. Yeah. No one, no one else but us. No one else but us. And, that's what, and like you said, we're important in this space. We really are. That's right. No one else does this show. Once you're fucking clowns, that's why. <laughs> I'm fired up today. I can tell. Let's go. Let's do it. So, uh, yeah, where do you want to go next? Uh, any other uh, any other random Japanese wrestling you watched this week that you want to touch on? Or should we get to these big American yeah. shit stuff that we can talk about? Let's just do the chalk topics. Now, yeah. yeah. All right. All the enthusiasm sucked right out of us. As we... Actually, you know what? Fuck that. Uh, West Coast Pro. They got a show this weekend that I think is going to be pretty fun. You're going right to West Coast Pro. I'm huh? going, yeah, why not? Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll do that. So they have a fun show. Uh, we, we, I've always enjoyed West Coast Pro. Uh, they're on independentwrestling.tv if you've never seen them as well. They're celebrating their fifth anniversary uh, this weekend. It looks like a pretty fun show. The main event is Titus Alexander versus Starboy Charlie, a match that has a lot, a lot of backstory to it. And uh, uh, Tim Dog, everybody knows him as Tim Dog. Uh, he's in our Discord on Twitter and stuff. He wrote a great preview all about that main event, the multi-year story between Titus Alexander and Starboy Charlie. It is really well done, really detailed. Uh, great work by, 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 by Tim Dog there. So that is available at VoicesWrestling.com. Uh, it's a two-part preview as well. He also has a second part covering the rest of the show. But, uh, yeah, Titus Alexander, Starboy Charlie. You won't, you won't believe this, Joe, but they brought Masato Tanaka in, and guess who Masato Tanaka is going to face? Whole West Coast Pro in, roster. Everybody West Coast Pro? Yep. Oh, I, I wish I could bet on this. It's got to be Vinny Massaro. It is Vinny Massaro. <laughs> Absolutely. I tell you, man. what he's, a he's, fucking egomaniac that Vinny Massaro is. Who's got Masato Tanaka in St. Louis Anarchy? Isn't it Gary J? Um, that I don't know. That sounds like a hell of a match if that's true. Is that actually the I match? I think it's I think it's Gary J, if I'm not mistaken. Let me see. Yeah, that ma- that that oh, match is tonight. Hell it's yeah. um Masato Tanaka versus uh I believe Gary J. Yep, yeah, for, I'm seeing uh, it right here. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. As Tanaka is in America. So uh these guys are going to chop the fuck out of each other. That sounds awesome. But, uh, yeah, Mike Bailey, Alpha Zoe, some other stuff on the card, too. But I think what, what's interesting about the, the the West Coast Pro card is that it's one of the reasons I've really liked that promotion every time that I've watched it. We don't talk about a, uh, talk about them that much on, on this show uh, just because we're so bogged down with all these other topics. But I do kind of always keep an eye on them. I do watch a lot of their shows. Is I think they're doing a really good job of elevating – younger talent and and mixing it in with like name independent talent a lot of other indies will put guy you've heard of versus guy you've heard of or whatever and then their local guy versus their local guy in the undercard or whatever and in this case like west coast pro very easily could have made brian keith versus mike bailey you know what i mean like perfectly fine that's a good match people would enjoy it uh shut up and take my money gift guy would quote tweet it a bunch of people would say whoa what ah you know what i mean all these dumb quote tweets that don't matter and don't mean anything everybody would go nuts for that mike bailey versus keith lee they can announce that instead they do brian keith uh versus the crazy cajun who i made fun of a lot during wrestlemania weekend but is, is starting to kind of work his way up uh, uh the ladder there in, in in west coast pro and then mike bailey versus alpha zoe another guy that west coast pro has kind of built up over the last couple of uh of of months or whatever so it's like that is to me that's cool booking that's how I would love to book a show when we had Biss on a couple of months ago we talked about that with um 
you know, with Inspire, that that's something he likes to do, too, is not just put two name talents in there in a match and say, ah, yeah, here you go, and, and people are going to go nuts for it on Twitter or whatever, but it's not going to fucking matter. It's not going to do anything for your business. Once those guys leave and it, it, they, they go away or they get signed or whatever, you're kind of left with, all right, now we have all these local guys that have never gotten over and nobody really cares about them. This is a great way to use local guys. This is a great way to use name talent. Have Brian Keith go in there against a local guy. Have Mike Bailey go in there against a local guy. Have your main event be two guys that you've built up, two guys that you have have gotten to this level in Titus, you know, Titus Alexander and Starboy Charlie. Like, do that. that. That is a way, way better way. And then, yeah, you can have your Masato Tanaka and Vinny Masaros and some other name. You know, there's a lot of Joshi talent on the show as well. You can have some fun stuff, but uh, I like how they've booked it, and I know that Chris Hero's got a hand in, in, in booking some of the day-to-day of West Coast Pro. Uh, Kenta Kobashi's going to be at this show, too. I think he's just doing autographs, but I don't know if he's going to show up and, and, and do something uh, as well. But that's going to be on independentwrestling.tv this weekend, and I just wanted to spotlight them a little bit before we got too uh, bogged down with the other topics because it looks like a, a pretty fun show, and I'll uh, definitely have one eye on it because uh, West Coast Pro uh, is has been great. Uh, really, really good. A lot of the stuff I, I've, I've watched over the last couple of, of, of months and, and year, uh, I've really enjoyed. And, and that's kind of been... That was one of my missions in 2023 is to watch more... You know, watch more indie wrestling and not just complain about the state of indie wrestling and ah, GCW sucks. I haven't watched a second of GCW this year and I do not plan on it. And realizing there's a lot of great indies across the country, it's just a matter of, you know, going out there and watching them and, and you know, been able to go to a bunch of AAW shows live and, and watch a lot of stuff uh, on independentwrestling.tv, including West Coast Pro. Uh, and that show should be really, really fun this weekend. So uh, West Coast Pro's fifth anniversary. Again, previews up at VoicesOfWrestling.com as well if you want to get a little bit of the lay of the land of, of what's going into West Coast Pro and, and, and maybe catch up uh, before this weekend's show. So there you go. Joe, stunned silence from Joe there. <laughs> he might be on mute. Oh, I, but, uh... I, I can't really jump in. I mean, I, I you know, I've got a... Um giant backlog of uh west coast pro because i left off in like fucking february or something but um so i i'm not up to date on the promotion at all so um but i do have a shit ton of mat of recommendations i that i got from uh from the uh from the tim dog and you know one lazy saturday i gotta sit down and knock them all out so um until i do i can't really same thing with inspire i have all these matches that I've been sent from there that I just haven't been able to get to. So before the end of the year, I'll have all this indie stuff watched. I really fell way behind with all the indie promotions this year, trying to keep up with everything else. But, um, you know, I've got my lists and I will eventually catch up with it. And then I'll come on here and I'll be screaming about some match in May that no one even remembers ever happened. <laughs> right, right, right. And, uh, you know, and, and that's how it goes. I know uh, Defy Wrestling as well. Someone in the uh, the note of chat room letting us know that uh, Masato Tanaka and Brian Keith are going to be at Defy uh, this Saturday in uh, in Yakima, I believe is how you pronounce it. The biggest venue that they've ever run, uh, Defy Wrestling as well. So good times. Good times going on in the independent wrestling world. It, it is, uh, you know, there's stuff happening there. And and I, I wrote a piece on uh, on our Patreon a couple of months ago about AEW saying, like, if you still think the indies stink and the indies are bad or whatever – I just don't think you're looking hard enough. There's a lot of really good stuff on there, and there's this next wave of people coming up that that really does give me hope. There was that while there, Joe. There was that while where we were warning people, and again, people should just listen to us. Sometimes when we say these things, we we you know we know what we're talking about, but we warned people even a, a year or two before it was happening that the indies were not looking good, and there was too much irony bullshit and too much you know haha pro wrestling stuff, and then it hit the nadir. I mean, we just had an awful run uh, of indie wrestling there for a couple of years, and. I I really think that we've moved out of that 
Uh, and we're getting there. There's a lot of really good young talent all across the country and in all these different promotions. So uh, if you've stayed away from the indies for a while and, and, and just stuck to the major you know, promotions, I, I get it. There's a lot of wrestling to be offered in the major promotions. But uh, I really do think you should, you know, maybe this weekend is a good time to kind of check out some uh, some some indies, whether it be West Coast Pro, uh, Deadlock Pro, which I think has done a really good job uh, throughout this uh, this this year. Uh, Defy, uh, obviously running their biggest venue uh, that they've ever ran this weekend. And just a lot of stuff going on. On, uh, around the, the the independent wrestling world, so yeah, they, they, they take some time and, and definitely you know maybe take away a couple hours of your your major American wrestling and, and and check out some of these indies and see if there's something that you like or someone that you really like because I think there's a lot of good talent uh, that's starting to work their way up through the system. So yeah, try to keep one eye on it. And I wish we had more time to talk about it, but there's always just a bunch of dumb shit happening in American wrestling and just so much dumb shit always happening in wrestling that we don't have time to you know sit down and talk for an hour about uh you know defy and west coast pro and deadlock pro and all that sort of stuff or aaw or freelance or any of that stuff because there's just so much shit going on all the goddamn time in wrestling so there we go so that was the first half hour of our show we are funny detectives and west coast pro how about that yes all right you want to get to the dumb shit american wrestling and all these idiots involved uh let's do it let's talk about the uh tuesday night war joe AEW versus nxt uh you uh, reviewed both these shows on this week's thursday dynamite review up at uh, flagshippatreon.com by the way five dollar tier uh if you want to subscribe to that flagshippatreon.com thursday dynamite review obviously more focus on the AEW show but uh, you did chime in a little bit about the nxt show uh i can give my quick thoughts if you want but um I don't know. How do you want to analyze? Because we obviously have the ratings. Uh, we have Tony Khan's descent into madness in the days that have followed. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know what else to say about the actual shows, AEW versus NXT. I don't know if you had any additional thoughts that you wanted. I thought AEW was a, a, a pretty good show. Uh, to me, a show that I would like to see them do a little bit more often. You know, kind of unload. The, you can have big time singles matches very often on Dynamite. You can. You, there's no reason to hold a lot of these matches off. And 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 in some cases, I think that they've held off way too many singles matches, especially singles rematches. They just do not do them, and and they leave a lot of money on the table with some of these matches. So weeks like this, I think you can do this sort of stuff a lot. You can do it very often. And yeah, I thought all in all it was a good show. I mean, not, maybe not a great show. There was, you know, the matches, and you talked about it. You thought every match kind of underdelivered. Uh, I thought Swerve and, and Danielson delivered for me. I thought Page and, and, and White wasn't great. Uh, and I did not like the main event between Copeland and, and, and Luchasaurus. And uh, yeah, you know, everything else in between was just whatever. And the Timeless Tony stuff sucked. And the Adam Cole riding a lawnmower sucked. But I've screamed and yelled about that. And I don't really care to do it anymore because it's not going away anytime soon. But I thought AEW had a, had a good show. Uh, I thought NXT show was pretty terrible, as per usual, and I don't understand. You always say like you don't understand how anybody could watch the show on a weekly basis, and I turned the show on for a couple of minutes, and the nurse was 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 sitting with me, and she was just like, "Why is the camera doing that? Why are the colors so bright? Why is everybody yelling?" And I just I just said, "This is it. This is what NXT is," and it was like a shock to the system to a human being that never sees this stuff and never watches this stuff. And uh, yeah, I thought NXT was terrible. I, I just thought all in all. Bad matches, just shoehorned in stars from the main roster just to have stars shoehorned in. No reason for them to really be there. Cody Rhodes saying, oh, I got a big announcement. It's the Dusty Rhodes Classic, and he's the GM. Okay, cool. Like That that did nothing for me. Cena did nothing for me. Heyman did nothing for me. The Undertaker couldn't possibly care less. Uh, so, yeah, that that's kind of my reviews. I thought NXT was terrible. I thought AEW was a good show. Uh, and then 
the ratings. I don't know. Anything else that you have on the Tuesday Night War before we kind of talk about the ratings and then Tony Khan's descent into madness? I thought um, I didn't think the NXT show was any good, but it was actually better than it is most weeks, believe it or not. Yeah, it's not good. uh, I do suffer through this show, and it's usually even worse than this. Um, I didn't think the NXT show was was like terrible or anything, but it it wasn't good, and it's. uh, But you know, the next day people thought it was phenomenal. So I don't know. We're just (laughs) when it comes to this, it's just our tastes are just completely different than 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 what a lot of people uh, are enjoying these days i guess i mean the my big takeaways though from the nxt show the carmelo hayes Braun breaker main event with john cena and carmelo hayes corner and paul Heyman in breaker's corner um i thought that uh both of those guys you know okay let me frame it this way if they're gonna put these two guys who they think are gonna be their next two gigantic stars in the main event of this show that they know there's going to be more eyes on than there's really been on this show uh maybe ever before i would think that they would have been showcased more and been directed to have a much hotter match than they had i don't think either guy looked impressive i don't think either guy looked like a future star um and and i I just i i thought it was a just a, a nothing match and you know, I I just from that standpoint, I would I would think that more people would have been disappointed in it. But it, it seems like these things don't really matter to people like everything the next day was just how great the show was and how everything landed and uh, neck and neck with dynamite in terms of what the best show was that night. And I, I don't know. I mean, I, I just I don't get it, man. I mean, it was just a nothing match, it was a little three star match. I mean, breakers blowing spots left and right. He almost killed Carmelo Hayes with blowing a spot off of the top rope at one point and um you know they just neither guy to me came across like a future star in that match at all you know no, Bre- breaker Sol- in particular Bre- breaker ain't it man uh, and and i don't know that this developmental system is going to make him it uh it hasn't already and he's been i mean that run that he's had uh, you know doing main events being the focal point of the, the show being a big part of the show we're coming up on to two years right a little over two years at this point with him too it's like I don't know. Like that's a lot of time. Usually, guys. Usually, you kind of understand if a guy's got it at some point. You know what I mean? Like, did it, you watch that match? Watching that match, did you think, "My God, I'm watching the future of the hell"? Business. No, I thought if this is the future of the men's division, then they need to do some extra work here. Because no, that that I mean, no, I I thought this looked like that's really what it comes down to. Two developmental right? guys just, having a developmental match, which I thought, yeah, you know that I stupidly maybe assumed that this was a night where they were going to get more people than ever. And they were going to tell these guys, all right, whatever you have, whatever we can do, get all hands on deck, figure out how to make the most of this, where when this show is over, you're like, those two dudes are the next up. Those two guys are the next up. The idea would be, we're going to bring John Cena and the undertaker and Cody and all these people to this show. We're going to get all these eyes on it. And now because we have all these eyes on it, we're going to showcase these two guys who are the future of this company. And they are going to be the talk of the wrestling world the next day. And that didn't happen at all, Mm. you know, and, and I know they had the Undertaker beat up Braun because he's the heel. Okay, he endorsed Carmelo Hayes. All right, so he endorsed the babyface and he beat up the heel. Not a good, it. but here's the problem with it the endorsement. Might not be what I would have done, but you know, but I, I, I don't know. To me, watching this match, and I'm, I've never been particularly high on Braun Breaker and Carmelo Hayes. I've said my opinion on him a million times. I think he's perfectly fine, but I think he's already at his ceiling, and I don't, I, I don't see big money in him either. 
But coming out of this, to me, that both of those guys, their stock dropped in my eyes. Yeah, I would I agree. mean, because this was not this was not like anything close to what it should have been, which was like a star making performance. But um, you know, I, I think that for, so from that standpoint, that didn't work for me. Um, real real know, quick and, on the Hayes thing, you know, he got the stamp of approval from the Undertaker or whatever. But and I, I'm not, I don't get too hung up on this. It doesn't bother me that much. But the optics of the Undertaker being like a good foot and like three inches taller than Carmelo Hayes, it's not good. Look, you know, e- even in this era, Hayes' size he's is going to be a problem. Tiny, he's small. He's a very small guy. He's, it's hard to. It's hard when you see him up with like. A superstar, you know what I mean? Like a WWE superstar, for better or for worse. That's what a WWE superstar looks like, The Undertaker. Yeah, he's a little bit taller than most guys, but you see Hayes in there with dudes, and it's like, yeah, that guy's short. He's really, really short. And and he, and he doesn't have the big room charisma to overcome. Right, right, right. He doesn't, he, he doesn't project himself he, big either. He doesn't work too. He doesn't. He doesn't work so think- spectacularly that you're like, well, who cares? Look at what he can do. And he doesn't, you know, he doesn't like have that over the top charisma that makes you say, yeah, who gives a shit? Nobody cares how tall he is. I don't know. I, I always, I see him and I'm always like, man, that guy's short. And that's, I, I'm not usually that kind of guy with him. But when you're looking at this guy and you, it's obviously he's earmarked to be one of the guys in the company, you have to think of everything. And it's like, yeah, you see him and the optics are not good. And the charisma is not good. And the work is just not quite there. And it's like, yeah, I don't know if this guy's a capital S superstar. I think he's a good little no, guy. I think he's a good roster guy. You can use him in some ways. He's definitely a valuable member of a roster, but he ain't it. He's not that top, yeah, top that, tier guy. In, in, in that company, he doesn't have the overwhelming big room charisma to no. overcome his size, I don't think. And I, I, I'm i baffled that people see. But see, a lot of it, Rich, is um, if WWE tells people that someone is the next thing, people just go along with it. I, I, I don't think there's a lot of great critical analysis in – in you know like 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 to be completely honest the way that we do it i don't think there's a lot of people doing that i think there's a lot of people who break this stuff down who if wwe says all right well carmelo hayes and Braun breaker are the next guys i think people just go okay and they go along with it. right carmelo says I, i'm I, him and they all go yes carmelo is I, yeah, him. That, he, he is in fact him yes <laughs> right. you know and it doesn't you know it doesn't always work like that but you know wwe at the same time they have this um a certain relationship with their fan base at this point where it has become easier for them to get people over because their fan base is willing to just accept what they're being sold now more than ever. They don't have that confrontational relationship with their fan base that they had five years ago where their fan base was openly rejecting what the company was selling them. That doesn't, that that's not the case anymore. Those fans are gone. The, the fan base they have now wants to accept everything that the company's selling them. So everything we're saying may not matter because as long as they're telling their fan base that this guy is him and that Braun Breaker is the next guy, their fan base is open to accepting that. Now, I will say with Braun Breaker, he's a heel now, but that's kind of because that very easy NXT crowd turned him heel because they got sick of his shit as a babyface. So there might be something more that that might go against everything I just said, because there there was at the end of his babyface run, those fans were openly rejecting him. And then they turned him heel. So they they clearly, the NXT crowd loves Hayes. There's no doubt about that. You know, he's over in that building. So, uh, so I don't know. I just don't think either guy came across as the next big thing to me in that match. But I guess we'll see. And as far as the rest of the show, I mean, you bring Asuka in and she just beats Roxanne Perez. Now, look, I get it. It's a developmental 
show and Roxanne Perez is not a main roster wrestler yet. And it's, and you know, Oscar, the main roster wrestler probably should be winning, but again, it was a nothing match that didn't do anything for Roxanne. Right. Right. It's not like, it's not like Roxanne took Oscar to the absolute limit. And when it was over, it was like, ah, you know what? You, you, you're the next big thing. I mean, you, you almost got me here. Five minute TV match. (laughs) And then, oh my God, Joe, the worst, I thought one of the worst segments of the entire show was the parade of women, Backstage, shaking Oscar's hand and going, "Oh my God, Oscar's here!" It's like, well, yeah, I know, pump the brakes. It's not Mildred Burke. <laughs> right. I mean, let's take it easy. Well, you make all you of know? your NXT roster look like absolute geeks when they're like, "Oh my God, oh my God, a real star is here!" Oh my God, like I want someone to get in her face and go, "You know what? You're on my show." I guess Tiffany did that. The only person that's actually a fucking star in that entire show did come in and say, "Hey, this is my show, and I don't really give a shit who you are." That was great, but everybody else was like, "Oh my God, it's Oscar! Hi, how are you?" And it's like, what? I don't want that, yeah. but whatever. I don't yeah. know. But, uh, but Just... no, the show wasn't any – I didn't think the show was any good. But here's the thing. People like us, you know, you have to think of it this way. To, to a lot of WWE fans, and I know this is hard for, like, people are going to the, the, – some of the people listening to this show are going to be like, Joe, are you out of your mind? But this is the case. There's a lot of WWE fans who watch this and really got a gigantic kick out of Cody, Cena, and Undertaker being on this show. And, like, that was a legitimate big deal to them. Like, holy shit, John Cena's on NXT. This is can't-miss stuff. I know we can't wrap our brains around that, but there's people who are like, holy shit, Cody's the GM? All You mean to tell me all night? Cody's going to be making the decision. Yeah, like he's people? the special guest. Yeah, he, he did that announcement. He said the Dusty Rhodes Classic is coming back, and the crowd went nuts. And he goes, I he have another nuts, announcement. Man. And everybody went, <gasps> you know, gasp. And then he yeah. says, I just got word that I'm the special general manager for tonight. Everyone goes, yeah. People <laughs> like, are losing their minds. They're shaking. Their hands are shaking. They're, they're, <laughs> they're looking at their friends like, oh, my. You know, like grown like, men uh, jumping up and down, leaping in the air that the idea that, oh, my God, Cody's the GM tonight. What? You know the you know the classic SNL bit, Schmidt's gay, the gay beer. Yeah, yeah. With uh with with it's like a send-up of a beer commercial with Adam Sandler and Chris Farley. And instead of like women in bikinis, it's all like ripped dudes with fucking six packs. And it's like a send-up of a of a stereotypical beer commercial with like half-naked women, except it's a gay beer. There's the one scene in that bit where Sandler and, and Farley look at each other when they see all the half naked guys and they're just they just mouth. Oh, my God. to one <laughs> yep, another. Yep. Yep. That's like what this crowd was like when Cody said he was going to be the GM. They're all like turning to each other like, oh, my God. Did you hear him? Cody is going to. And it's like people like me and you are watching this and we're like, who fucking cares? Like, th- this is just this is there's like no reason for this man to be on the show. This is a waste of everybody's time. But to the WWE fans, Cody being the GM and interacting with Ilya Dragunov and and Dominic, right? And, like, The Undertaker showing up. Like, this is, like, incredible. This is, like, groundbreaking shit to them. This is, like, these are moments. So I think sometimes we lose sight of that. We don't view it through that lens because to us it's like, I don't give a fuck if I ever see The Undertaker ever again. I don't need to see the Undertaker, but he's the American badass motorcycle. this time, Joe. He's and, on the motorcycle, and, and then he could barely walk. Like the guy <laughs> can barely get in the ring. I fucking had it. I don't need to see the Undertaker ever again. But to these people, it was like the biggest fucking deal that the Undertaker showed up. You know, and and not just the people in the building. Like everybody at home is doing the Schmitz gay thing. You know, they're all these fans. So 
we just don't see it through that lens. And I think, you know, if, if we thought that those that that these type of people showing up was a huge deal or Solo Sokoa coming out to attack John Cena, right? Like maybe we would have thought that this was some phenomenal television show, but I don't care about any of these people. No. I don't care about John Cena anymore. You know, I don't care about the undertaker for God's sake. I don't care about the undertaker anymore. I don't need Cody as the GM. I'm tired. Of, I don't want any show to ever have a GM, you know? So I think that's the difference. But, um, as far as dynamite goes um yeah i was a little underwhelmed by by the wrestling on the show you know i i saw everyone talking about how it was such a great wrestling show and i looked at the lineup and thought yeah it probably is look at the lineup but i i didn't think it was a great bell to bell show um you know danielson swerve was underwhelming to me i thought it was like a three and a half star match which is a good match okay it's a good match but when i see brian danielson swerve strickland i'm expecting a great match most people did think it was a great match it's like 8.55 on cage match. So I'll accept that I'm the outlier there. But then when I look at the rest of this show, where's all this alleged great wrestling that they had on this show? I don't see it. Powerhouse Hobbs, Chris Jericho was a match designed for Hobbs to destroy Jericho. And it was more of an angle than a match. And I thought it was good. And I thought it was well done, but it certainly wasn't a great wrestling match. Orange Cassidy, Ray Phoenix, Ray Phoenix was injured and they were just getting in and out. I mean, they, you know, and we all understand why, because Phoenix is all fucked up. So that wasn't, you know, Wardlaw had another 30-second squash. Uh, Hikaru Shida Soraya was a nothing match. I mean, just a total nothing match. We have gone from a bad women's champion to now just a boring, dull, and uninteresting women's champion, which somehow is an upgrade. So, uh, you know. Yeah, I'll take now, it. Gee, I'll take it temporarily, but I'm ready for, uh, I think I'm ready for Tony to get back in the mix and maybe start wrestling again and not just saying well, tits and throwing her that. shoes at Tony's, people. So he's done. Yeah. Tony's finished. You can forget that. Uh, uh, cause Tony Khan pops for that gimmick. So it's not going anywhere. So you, you, you could kiss Tony storm. Goodbye. The, the great, you know, Tony how's, ja- how's Jamie doing? Can we get an update on the arm? Get, how's the arm get doing? Jamie hater back maybe. Cause you know, and, but, but listen, Hikaru Shida as dull and uninteresting as she is, is a massive upgrade from Soraya. Oh God, so yes. I'll take it. Oh God. Yes. But that match wasn't anything. And then the main event, I thought Adam Copeland looked like shit. I mean, I did, I do not think he looked good. Mm-mm. And I thought that I agree. You know, the the you know, the, the the big Luchasaurus Lariat that was supposed to the back of the neck, which was supposed to like set the stage for the story of the match, which was Adam Copeland wrestling from underneath, overcoming an attack on his injured neck. The Lariat looked so bad that I couldn't buy it as this big debilitating move that took Adam Copeland out of things that he had to overcome because it just wasn't a stiff enough move. And from there they just got off on the wrong foot, and I don't think Copeland looked good. Now to his now to defend him a little bit. To be fair, it's a match where he's selling the whole time, and it's not really a true representation of what his matches are going to look like. And I'm sure he's going to have better matches than this down the line. And I know, understand the match was telling a story, but even within that context, I this match didn't really do anything for me. I did like the post match stuff. So, on the whole, I thought it was a good dynamite, but I didn't think it was a great dynamite. I the- thought this was a, a slightly better than average dynamite, in my view. And I know that a lot of people vehemently disagree with that and they thought it was great the copeland thing here, here's one of my problems with the way that that entire match was 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 laid out is this guy you made this guy feel so old right out of the gates he didn't he he felt ancient here comes this guy he's graying we, we know what he looks like you know he looks kind of old right now he does and the guy's old he's almost 50 years old if he's not or didn't he, he didn't turn 50 right he's 49 i think still so he's an older he's guy 49. yeah 49 years old he's an older guy 
Then you have a match that's surrounded around, hey, this guy has a fragile neck that can go at any time, and he's selling, and he's doing... It's just, I don't know. It, it, to me, I don't know if that's the way I want to present him. I don't know if that's the correct way to present an Adam Copeland is, hey, here's this old guy that we have from WWE. That's kind of how they're presenting him so far, and I don't know if I'm into that right now. I think that there's a good way to maybe present him. I think the stuff with Christian is a good, but I don't know. I thought right out of the gates you just made him feel ancient and old and that's just not been you know really they've done a good job in AEW of not making anybody feel old Chris Jericho you know at at times has felt like a veteran but has never to me felt like an old guy on the show and they've kind of steered away from having a bunch of old guys on the show Copeland came off just really old and really you know just kind of like okay we're we're sympathetic that this like broken down guy is on this show you know what I mean like, I don't know I thought the aesthetics of it were just just didn't land with me and I think the crowd it took a little while for them to get into the match and eventually they did get into it and obviously when Copeland made his comeback that was you know that was good and the crowd didn't get into that and the post match like you said I thought was really really good and that that was hot so I uh, enjoyed all that but yeah I did not think he looked great and I do think that he probably has better matches in him but um, I don't know the presentation of him so far I, I haven't been in love with like you said he said all the right things he he's he said all the right things in the media he said all the right things in 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 post scrums or whatever but yeah i don't know if presenting him as this fragile old guy is really what i would do yeah. with him but i, I don't know how else just you pre- the one it could have been a one match story sure but i mean i i i've liked everything so far with him and i remain open-minded on him with the exception of this match itself now i did skip one match because jay white hangman page now to me, this really is the match that's going to determine whether somebody thought that this was a great dynamite or like me, just thought it was, you know, like a kind of good dynamite. If you were really into Jay White Hangman Page, in addition to the Danielson Swerve match, then this was, I could see why you'd think that this was a show with a lot of great wrestling, even though none of the other matches were were really featured great wrestling. But I thought this was one of those Jay White specials that just completely fucking miss and is dull as dishwater. And it had it, the picture in picture. I think it then had a full commercial break as well, which also broke the moment. A lot of breaks. This was right after they had done their, you know, long, long, you know, no commercial. minutes. Yeah. And then it was like commercial free. You know, that, so, I, I hate when shows do this. Like, hey, we're doing no commercial breaks or whatever, which, hey, cool. That's great. But then like. Now we're going to do 10 in five minutes. (laughs) Right. It's just like, well, fuck. Now, like, the next 20 minutes of the show are going to suck because it's just going to be multiple commercial breaks. And it just so happened that most of those, like, a bunch of them happened to take place during this match, which I think really hurt it, too. We've talked about this for years. I mean, when it comes to Jay White, when his shit lands, I'm losing my mind. I'm like, this guy's fucking brilliant. Where'd this guy come from? Let's fucking clone his brain. But when his shit doesn't land, it's dull as dishwater. And to me, this is one of those Jay White matches that just didn't land. I could not get into this match. And whether it was just Jay White dragging it down to a halt or the commercial breaks or a combination of everything. And then after 20 minutes of this match, you knew it. Like the whole world knew after the finish of the Danielson Swerve match with Hangman costing them the match. Anyone who's been watching wrestling for more than 10 minutes knew that okay swerve is now going to cost hangman his match later why do we need to take 20 minutes to get to that then you know what i mean like if you know you're going to do that kind of finish and i i rant about this all the time in my view don't waste my fucking time then go out there and have a seven minute match and do your gimmick finish which i don't even mind if it's a tv match and you're building a story you can do finishes like this and they don't bother me what bothers me is if you waste 20 minutes of my time and then do the finish. When I know that finish is coming, the whole world knew that Swerve and Nana were going to get involved in this finish. Okay? 
unless you're a child or you're just not, maybe you're new to wrestling. Everyone else knew that that was going to be the finish. And we have to wait around for 20 minutes of Jay White fucking side headlocks and commercials to get to it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's why I didn't like this match. Did you like the match? Uh, no, I was kind of indifferent to it as well. I, I, I chalked it up to just the, the commercial breaks just completely taking me out of it, where, where you know some people have no problem and they can watch in picture-in-picture, or other people say, I should just watch on Fight. There's no commercials on Fight. Well, I, too bad. I'm watching on TBS. I'm not doing that. Yeah, <laughs> on TBS, I pay for fucking cable like an idiot. I'm not on TV. I'm just watching it on the fucking TV. I'm right, right. Switch yeah. to a fucking app to watch the show. And, and, and what regardless, like the, the what happens in picture-in-picture and what happens during commercial breaks TV wrestling has historically been that what's going on during those TV breaks doesn't really matter that much. They're not going to have anything big. We've always said that. Rich, let's be honest. I'm sure Masawa Kobashi didn't break out during the commercial break in this match. Exactly. Okay? Right. <laughs> right. So it's, it's you know, honest. I'm watching it while the breaks are happening and nothing seems like it's that engaging. Nothing's like really kind of blowing my, you know, through that. And then they come back from the commercial and it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a J, it's one of those bad Jay White matches. And we've talked about it over the last four or five years. That's like, right, some, so I'm not going crazy. No, no, no. And, you know, I'm waiting for Hangman to start rallying. I'm waiting for it to come uh, and happen. And then, yeah, like you said, it was like right when Hangman started kind of getting a little bit momentum or felt like you know okay we're getting into something here boom that's when nana and and and, and swerve come out and it's like oh man you wasted 20 minutes of my life for that do that same yeah, match now look that's now listen that's boilerplate tv booking i don't even have a problem oh with yeah, yeah that's fine but do it matches. in an eight minute match do it eight minutes we don't need 20 minutes if you're going to do that that's, finish. I, that is always my argument don't waste my fucking time then and let's just get to that finish and get it out of the way you know um but I don't know. I, you know, it was the longest match in the show, and we're just waiting around for the fucking interference because we all know it's coming, you know. And and that's that's uh, you know, at least in the Danielson Swerve match, you don't know that that's coming. You know what I mean? Because that was the first of the two matches. We don't know what's going to happen in the Daniels. In fact, to me, there was you know, I thought Swerve might win that match. I did too. Off the win against Hangman, really and so. That, you know, and, and, you know, and, and again, I didn't love that match, but I thought it was a really good match. And, you know, you're not waiting around for a gimmick finish because, but once they do that gimmick finish, you know, the gimmick finish is coming later. So that to me that, and, and you know what, I'm going to kind of have an epiphany here. Maybe that's why I didn't like the match that much because I, and mentally I'm sitting around waiting for the heels to come down and cause hangman page to match. And from that standpoint, it then becomes hard to really sink your teeth into it and enjoy it when you know nothing you're watching matters, okay? Swerve Strickland's going to come down, and he's either going to cost Hangman Page the match or he's not, but he's going to come down. So uh, maybe that's why he didn't enjoy it. But overall, look, I thought the Dynamite show was better than the NXT show. Um, you know, the NXT show, aside from what we spoke about, still suffers from the whole plastic veneer that surrounds it it's like a parody of a it's so weird show. it's so bright and everyone's yeah, yelling just... and there's colors and that's uh, strange yeah in the house style and you know i thought the 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 brawling brutes gallus thing was probably the best match on the show um you know the the no dq deal that they did uh you know brawling all over the building that was probably the best match in the show but um yeah so i thought the dynamite show was better but um, I guess we should talk about the ratings, right? Let's do that. Yeah, uh, let's get to the ratings. So uh, NXT, uh, USA Network, this is via WrestleNomics, uh, was watched by 921,000 viewers on average, including a .30 in the 18-49 to 49 demo. This was NXT's highest total viewership since September 25th, 2019, and its highest 18-49 to 49 since October 2nd. 
2019. So that's the NXT rating. Do you want to react to that, or do you want me to give the Dynamite rating, and we'll talk about the head-to-head? Well, it's a monster rating. I mean, there's no other way to cut it, and it had to be. If you're going to load it up with Cody and John Cena and The Undertaker, there's really not anything – you can't do anything bigger than that unless you're going to bring Roman Reigns on. I that's mean, that's the all the big person. dogs. Yeah, all that we had Rhea there, that's, Dom, Cody. Yeah, then you go to the next LA level Knight, with those kind of John people. Cena, Asuka. Yeah. I mean, they brought them all out. All yeah, of them. Yeah, uh, Jade Cargill getting out of a limo again. and uh, which I, which <laughs> She I likes to ride in limos and get out of them. But, uh, yeah, they, I don't know. Now What's listen, the next step? What do they got next? I apparently missed that because I saw people talking about that, and I didn't even remember seeing it. So it must have happened on a commercial bumper where I like fast forwarded through it or something or I, but it's like people got to pump the brakes on Jade Cargill. I mean, <laughs> she has now exited a limo twice and you read some of these tweets and you see some of these news stories and you would think that fucking I, I don't, Greta Garbo is, is in the company now or something. They like they, they just get, oh, she's such an incredible star, I, uh, the star power oozing off of this one did i miss something was she drawing two million viewers to rampage against uh, 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 uh fucking Layla red Gray. velvet yeah can we pump the fucking brakes on how much of a star that she i mean she's she's got some charisma yeah she can looks we, the part we... and she's got charisma and i've always i've always said that but i've never i mean she's been on television for a couple of years now and it's like i don't know i haven't quite seen it like i i you and i both agree that she's probably better suited for wwe and if anybody's gonna make her a star about it we talked about it a million times yeah this is the best move possible for her and everyone else involved but can we please calm down well can we let her do it yeah can we let her do it can we actually see it before we go oh my god what a superstar oh my god this is a wrestlemania main eventer here it's like yeah, she looks like a million bucks, and she looks good getting out of a limo. But uh, yeah, let's maybe work on something else now. That's what's what's. I mean, I mean, geez, can, can can we let her have one of her star and three quarter matches first before we decide <laughs> that she's gonna take over the industry? I mean, geez, have we forgotten that she has two left feet? All right, look, I understand they're gonna they're gonna put the muscle behind her and, and present her well, but I am getting so sick and tired. Now, listen, some of this is I've been out on Jade for a fucking year. I mean, I was out on Jade, you know. Uh, halfway through the AEW run when I, it was patently obvious that this was the ceiling. There's nothing left here. She's never going to have great matches. And for me, that's pretty important. And I, and just in that company, I couldn't see her having much more upside because of that, you know, and she obviously recognized that too. And she got the fuck out of there. And I think it was the right move. And I do think this is obviously a great move for her and and a great move to sign her and a no brainer and all those things. But geez, all she has done is stepped out of a fucking limo. Okay? I can't fucking take it. They're making me sick of this person before she even does anything. All right? Can can we get her in the ring first and 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 see if maybe, you know, she doesn't have two left feet anymore. Right, let her let her prove we it. Decide. It'll be more fun yeah. if, if you just let her prove it and you go and then you see something that happens in actuality and go, yeah, there you go. That is what we all thought that she was capable of. That's the superstar charisma and that's all that but yeah, she walks out of a loom. People are like, oh my God, look at her. And it's like, okay, hold on a minute. Jeez, all right. She looks all right. I mean, jeez. You know? It's, this isn't the, the second coming of Dwayne The Rock Johnson either. I mean, let's take it easy. She's been on TV for two years. Okay? You know? So uh, we so we see what she brings to the table. You know? So uh, so anyway. Um, you know, so yeah, like, like we were saying, you know, if you're going to empty the holster in that way and have all these people, you better fucking crush it and do a monster rating. And they did. 
they did almost a million viewers a point three is fucking absurd for that tv show and um you know and i know a lot of people are gonna be like yeah but they had cena in the yeah well that's the fucking point they <laughs> yeah, brought no all shit. those people on and they did the monster number that's what i'm saying like yes correct they had all those people on and they achieved what they were trying to achieve which was to put up this monster number and and they did i mean they're you know it's uh and i think that any reasonable-minded person, I mean, we said it last week, you know, figured that they were going to win. I mean, I, I knew that they were going to win in total viewers. I thought that maybe Dynamite had a chance to win the demo. Now, if you would have put a gun to my head and said, I would have said, well, with all that star power, you know, and, and the momentum, NXT is probably going to win the demo, too. Uh, on their normal night, too. Yeah, it makes a little more on sense. On their normal night, all those things. But I didn't think it was a foregone conclusion like the total viewership was going to be. The total viewership was never going to be a competition. It wasn't. They fucking destroyed them. I mean, uh, anyway, give the AEW number. Yeah, AEW uh, uh, Dynamite uh, preempted on TBS at 8 p.m. Uh, moved to, obviously, Tuesday. was watched by 609,000 viewers on average and a .26 in the 18-49 demo. Uh, that uh, was down 24% compared to last week's total viewership. And among 18 to 49, it was down 5% from last week's 0.28. Yeah. So um, as expected, crush them in total viewers. I think if Dynamite, if AEW is looking for a victory here in a sea of defeat, it would have to be that demo number of 0.26 because the previous week in the regular time slot, Dynamite did a 0.28. So I think to do a point two six going on an unfamiliar night, going head to head with a show that just had way more star power than your show had, you can look at that as a minor victory. I think there's no doubt about that. Um, and I also think the fact that this was hyped up as, you know, like a Tuesday night war and everybody, I think that helped both shows to some degree. You know, I think that there was probably a lot of people who checked out NXT who normally do not watch it. There was obviously a lot of channel flipping going on, and uh, there were probably some people who uh, checked out Dynamite who normally don't check it out. And obviously, when you look at the total viewership, the total average viewership for the night, it was somewhere in the neighborhood of what a Raw is doing these days. Now, that's probably a little deceptive because a lot of the, that viewership are the same people being counted watching both shows you understand what i'm saying like, sure oh yeah yeah yeah. that so, was always the case in the Monday night wars people were like oh my god six million people were watching or you know eight eight million people were watching wrestling and it's like well a lot of the people were, were bouncing back and forth and popping back in uh, yeah. so yeah it's 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 like dave Meltzer always talks about like you're uh, well if you watch 40 minutes you're a third of a person like that kind of deal you know it's <laughs> like uh but uh but yeah so i you know from that standpoint i think the like we talked about last week when when Hawaii had their short-lived promotional war and for the first couple of months, it helped both sides, you know, because wrestling was being hyped to a different degree and all these huge stars and both sides were bringing out all the big guns, you know, so this is kind of the same, a similar deal here, not apples to apples, but I do think that the fact that we did have this deal, you know, going head to head, it's weird. I think it hurt both sides, but also helped both sides in a way too. And I think, uh, you know, it, it's reflected in, in some of these numbers, but a minor win for Dynamite, the point two six, I would say. Um, now, I, you know, if you're some hardcore AEW fan, stop trying to spin this into some into some kind of victory that you came close in the demo with the point three to the point two six. Stop, please stop. Right, stop. you you blitz okay. this show off of the fucking day. You were so you were beating their ass so badly they moved to a different day. 
Yeah. And, and now, the last time they went and the last time they went head to head on NXT's night, by yes, the way. Yes, yes. Everybody say, well, it's not Dynamite's night. It's Tuesday. Okay, well, what happened the last time they did this when they handily Dynamite beat. won the demo. Handily. Yeah. Dynamite, yeah, won the demo. Same, the point the same point two six number, which again, the point two six you could see is a minor win because they did the same number they did last time, except this time NXT blew them away. And if your argument is yeah, well, WWE loaded up with all those stars. Once again, my answer is yes, they did. And they won. And that's why they won, because they had more stars. That's why we knew they were going to win. I don't understand how that's like also like some kind of counter argument. This wasn't it's, a normal dynamite. I mean, could it be a normal dynamite? Yes. Was this a normal dynamite? Not really. They got the commercial free 47 minutes or whatever. Danielson and Swerve is a pay-per-view level match. Page and, and White, if you want to call it a pay-per-view level match, was, was there. Copeland making his debut. D- don't act like AEW was just like, ah, we're just going to do our show. <laughs> Let NXT do whatever they want to do. They were hyping the fuck out of this show. So don't, come on. <laughs> be, be reasonable here. straight commercial-free minutes. Yeah. I mean, and, and an overrun. And it was, look, both shows... Did, did they do look was Kenny Omega on the show Were the young bucks on the show was MJF not announced for the show to have a segment? No, he wasn't. Um, you know, could AEW have really gone harder? Yes. But you know what? WWE could have too. So uh, did WWE go harder than AEW? Yes, they did. I think it was more important to them to win because I think it would have been you know, even more embarrassing after pulling out all the stops if they would have lost either total viewership or the demo with with everything that they so they ensured that they were going to win and they did. What does it mean long term? Probably not much. You know, it's bragging rights. You mm-hmm. know, it's it's bragging rights for a week. It's bragging rights till the next time they go head to head. But you know, just it's interesting to me the psychology behind, oh well, you know, AEW came close, so that's really a win for them. It's like the goalpost has written maybe that's not the right phrasing, but the bar has definitely been moved now to where, you know, that's kind of an admission that of you know how hot NXT and how WWE, how hot WWE as a whole is in comparison to AEW, where some people are reading this as a win for AEW, even though they lost when normally they win head to head with this show so um you know it's just the interesting psychology behind that but and and remember now this is now what the second week in a row where nxt has beaten dynamite in total viewership this time head to head but last you know last week they had more total viewers i think than dynamite had you know and and then you know we see what happens next week the question is by loading up NXT, the WWE fans now stick with the ones that normally don't watch NXT. Do they stick with it for a few weeks now? Did they say to themselves, ah, you know what? I popped in for Cody and Cena, but I enjoyed myself. I'm going to watch next Tuesday when I normally don't. You know, and we see. But that wasn't the goal here. Make no mistake. The goal here was to beat AEW. Right. The goal was that, to do what we're – is to have conversations like we're having right now and, and mention the numbers that we're mentioning right now. That, that's what the goal was. Yeah. That was the goal. That was the point. Um, anyone saying that it was to increase the, you know, media rights with the deal coming up, uh, utter nonsense. I mean, uh, first of all, you're a year late because they've been loading up this show with main roster people to increase the ratings for the deal coming up for months and months and months. So you're behind the curve on that. We've been rich. We've been talking about that for almost a year. Right. <laughs> smart smart wrestling fans that listen to us know well aware what, what NXT's been doing for oh, a while well, now. Well, you have why Dominic and, and, and Becky Lynch and all these people are, are, are on the show. Uh, that's not what this was. This was to beat AEW because AEW was forced to move to their night. And that's the other thing. You can't have people like Dave Scherer out here saying 
that AEW. Oh, I know he's a nutcase clown, and yeah. completely. I know he has no grasp with reality anymore, and the only reason I'm bringing him up is because he does own like a, a legitimate news site. So when he does say things, unfortunately, it's newsworthy. But you know, him saying that AEW was invading WWE's <laughs> night, and it's like, you know, it, it, but the, see, you, you're rich. Here's the thing: you're laughing, and I know why you're laughing because it's completely and utterly absurd. We all know that the baseball game moved. Necessitated NHL. I think it was movement. NHL this this time, right? We, the sports. Let's yeah. just say the sports. So we we all know that the sports necessitated the move. We, you know, anyone listening to this show understands that this wasn't Tony Khan deciding that he wanted to go ahead, petting his cat but, in his big chair, going, "I know what we'll do. We'll move to Tuesday." <laughs> and yeah, and we all know Dave Scher has lost all grasp with reality uh, when it, there's something going on between him and Tony Khan. I don't know what it is, but the man's a fucking lunatic. But here's the problem. We can laugh at it, but because of who he is, and when you have people in high profile, and the same goes for the grifters, your Eric Bischoffs and some of the wild things that they say, people then take on those same opinions. And it just drags the discussions and the discourse and everything just into the fucking fucking gutter. And that's the problem with it. You know, it's these people have influence, they have followings, and they say these stupid things. And as we know, most of the general public is pretty stupid. And then, you know, it becomes something that people think is true. And there's really nothing you could do about it. But, um, you know, it's disturbing nonetheless. But, um, yeah, I don't know. You know, you, you, know you, you sent me a text a couple days ago. We have largely been removed from Twitter for over two years now where we haven't made a single tweet that is anything other than putting out a link, you know, it's basically all that our Twitter account does. So we're not even exposed to much of this nonsense as much as a lot of other people are, because we're just simply not on that app as, as much as, uh, it's certainly not as much as we used to be. And where a lot of this, uh, so we, we probably missed a lot of the worst of the, um, discussions over these numbers or whatnot i'll tell you someone who hasn't logged off rich and that's tony khan yeah what is this man doing now i appreciate and often enjoy poster tony i i think some he's had some classic tweets over the years and um i thought taking the the shot at vince mcmahon the other day was funny i didn't have a problem with that um look that's vince's bed and he's got a lie in it Maybe that's not the best analogy to make. Yeah, unfortunately, this. as, but, as but, Tony alluded to, yeah, he's he's lied in a lot of beds and he shot a lot of shots. But, uh, but you yeah. get the idea. It's, no, it's, for sure. I, yeah. And, and the people being like, this is unbecoming of how somebody that represents a company should act. Well, yeah. You know what's unbecoming of how somebody should run a company should act? is fucking Vince McMahon. How motherfucker. About the, <laughs> Rich. How about how about the raping? How's yeah, that right, for unbecoming? How about the numerous <laughs> sexual assaults? Allegedly. 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 From that allegedly. one guy, yeah, right. Allegedly, yeah. a lot of yeah. money, a lot of money getting paid for alleged, uh, alleged sexual assaults. But regardless, yes, alleged sexual assaults. Um, yeah, that I'll is tell unbecoming. You what's unbecoming. The raping. <laughs> right. That's what I would say is unbecoming. But but yeah, no, I look allegedly. But I I don't I don't you know that like poster Tony's great. The the one where Tony just came off, I thought the one that was loser shit was the contrived statistic that he whipped up, saying that this is the first time ever that John Cena or the undertaker have drawn less than a million viewers 
to a television show. Tony, that's loser shit. That <laughs> you is... lost to the show, too. The show that you you're like, fucking, hey, and, and, you lost. And, <laughs> you can't say that. You didn't that. just lose. You got fucking destroyed. I mean, <laughs> you you're can't talking... say that when you lost. <laughs> that tweet's about total viewership. They beat you by over 50% in total viewership. You know, so it's like. That's no victory that you held fucking The Undertaker under a million viewers. <laughs> Can you imagine? Imagine like, like an NBA team, like say the, the Detroit Pistons are facing the Denver Nuggets, and they they hold the Denver Nuggets to 115 points. They lose 115 to 98 or whatever. You know, they just get destroyed. And the Detroit Pistons Twitter account says, "Ah, the Denver Nuggets. They did not score 120 points. That's the first time in the last 12 games that they have failed to score yeah. 120 points. Oh, and we lost, but by 30. But uh, you know, but." That we held them to one sixteen or whatever the fuck number I said. Like that would be the biggest loser shit ever. Everybody would dunk on the Detroit Pistons Twitter account if they tweeted that out. Like that is complete loser yeah. shit. You lost to that yeah. show. You can't do that. We held them under their average. <laughs> right. You know? Jokic didn't get a triple double. That's the first time he hasn't had a triple double in two weeks. Yeah. And he has like, you know, twenty nine, eight, and seven. <laughs> it's like, you know, and he doesn't play the fourth quarter because they're beating you so badly. It's like, come on, you can't you can't do that. Yeah, but that, and you know, but now we've got people like Brian Alvarez and some other reporters saying that there's wrestlers inside the company who were fucking embarrassed by this shit, and they're like, they, you know, they want Tony to put the fucking phone away, and you know, I haven't personally heard from anyone that has said that, but I have no reason to doubt that that's true. Um, and I don't know, he doesn't seem to be taking this very well. No, no, <laughs> he doesn't. Like, he, he, here's and, my thing with all of it is. It's it's X, formerly known as Twitter. That's my favorite thing about Twitter these days is that anytime the New York Times or any of these publications talk about it, they don't call it Twitter because they can't because technically it's called X, but they have to let you know that when they're saying X that they mean Twitter. Yeah. So every time it says uh, Eminem took to X – Front, or, or you know, comma formerly known as Twitter, comma to say this yeah. or whatever. It's just like they do it every time, and it's so hilarious. And the best part is like on Twitter too. Like when you share a link, it says X parentheses formerly known as Twitter. And it's like, what are we doing? This is so stupid. But here's my thing on it: Twitter X, none of this shit matters. It's stupid. It's bullshit. It's dumb. The numbers don't matter. It, we we live in a little microcosm, and we live in this little world where we assume that it matters, and it doesn't. I swear to God, it doesn't. I work in social media. I'm telling you, it doesn't. This website is proof of it. This podcast is proof of it. The Patreon is proof of it. It doesn't matter. It's 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 siloed. Most people don't know about this shit. Most people don't care about this shit. It doesn't really matter. So from one standpoint, it's like Tony can do these little things and laugh and, and whatever. I ultimately don't think it's gonna do a ton of damage to the company. I don't think the company is going to, that Warner Brothers or anybody's going to get mad about this and it's going to destroy the company or the ratings are going to plummet or attendance is going to plummet and all that sort of stuff. It doesn't really matter. It's a guy posting on, on Twitter and the, the, the same niche audience that's on Twitter no matter what is going to get all riled up by it and stuff, whatever. But at the same time, it also doesn't matter. It doesn't matter from both ends. Tony, there's got to be a better use of your time, right? Like there has to be a better use of your time. You know what else is disturbing though is he's he's liking a bunch of tweets from just randos saying you know that are praising the the dynamite show and he's I I don't know I feel like what this is telling me is he felt like he was gonna win, which he couldn't have really thought he was gonna win right like they couldn't win there was no way they were gonna win. But it's it, that's what I mean like he yeah. obviously thought he was gonna win yeah. and he's not taking it well. Um, 
because there was no chance they were going to win going up against that. Um, but it's uh, this is the first time that poster Tony is really coming off a little cringe. You know, it, this has not been um, a good couple of days perception wise. And like you're saying, ultimately, it, it probably doesn't matter. But, you know, you don't you don't know what the people who work for him are thinking or people who don't work for right, him. Right, right. It might matter to some people. It, and I think that's my double edged sword of the, it doesn't matter thing. It doesn't matter because it's a niche of a niche and it's Twitter and it's all this little siloed thing and this little walled off land that people that aren't nobody cares more about Twitter than people that are in it and on it and nobody care people that aren't on it or aren't in it know nothing about what's going on on Twitter your 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 gen pop the mom test you always do it with with, yeah. with TLB where My you're wife. like hey TLB yeah. what about this and she's like I don't know what you're talking about you're like oh it's the biggest thing on Twitter and it's like normal people have no fucking clue what's going on no clue like you yeah. think it's a big deal because you're on Twitter and all your friends are retweeting it and talking about it and stuff People in the outside world have no fucking idea what's going on, and very few people use Twitter. I, it might seem crazy, and you might go, oh, Grinch, there's no way. Look at the not A lot less people use Twitter than you think use Twitter because you're in it. You think a lot of people use it. A lot of people don't use it. But at the same time, I don't think it's a good use of their time. I don't think it's a good use of Tony's time. I don't think it's a good use of, of, of AEW's time. I think they spend a lot of time on Twitter and a lot of time promoting stuff on Twitter and a lot of time discussing things on Twitter. They need to do a better job of marketing these shows to audiences and to fan bases and to areas and to regions. Like, I'm sorry, man. Log off a little bit. Stop liking tweets. Go out there and 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 get a, get better at marketing these shows so some people can come to the fucking buildings to watch your television shows and to watch your pay-per-views, man. Like, that is the most the, – the looking at the live attendance coming up very soon is not good. It is not good. And it feels like there's just a lot of effort and a lot of energy put in to a Twitter presence in 2023, and it, it matters so much less than it's ever mattered. It might just, not even exist soon. Yeah. If we're lucky, hopefully not. <laughs> I mean, but, but you know, if these head-to-head ratings battles matter that much to Tony, then maybe instead of all of this uh, cope on Twitter, he should be holed up in a room trying to figure out how next time to beat the show. That's what I'm saying. Even though John Cena and The Undertaker and Roman Reigns and whoever else is going to be on it. Because... I don't think that's an impossible goal. I didn't think they were going to win this time around just based on where both companies are, uh, you know, but they beat them a year earlier, you know, and I understand NXT didn't load up, but they beat them a year earlier and, and maybe figure out, okay, how do I ensure that if, if this really matters this much to you, these head to heads, how do I ensure this doesn't happen again? How do I ensure that I do win? You know, put the energy into that. Right. Liking tweets of people saying, Tony, you had the better show. Screw those guys. Like that, that's that's weird. Ah man, it comes it just comes off a little weird. I don't know. I, I it um it's just not a it's just not a good look. You know, it's a and and that that Undertaker Cena tweet is just so cringe. <laughs> it's the bad, bad. It's bad, just bad. loser shit. It's just <laughs> It's like that there's this Trump meme where he's sitting in a golf cart and it, and and the meme says, "Get in, loser, we're going losing." Like that's what it reminds me of. Like this is just loser shit to tweet something like that. Like it's just it's such a non-point that no one in their right mind would care about. Do you think there's anybody in WWE right now who is upset? <laughs> you think that John Undertaker Cena and John Cena drew under a million? Total yeah, John Cena threw his time? phone on the couch and went, "God damn it!" <laughs> yeah. Or, 
Or do you, do you think Nick Khan is giving Cena a call? Is is giving Cena a call today, saying, "You know what, John? I don't give a fuck about the actor strike. You're out of here. You didn't even draw a million." <laughs> right. Look at this. You can... Look at this number. It's embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you know, no, they're dancing on fucking. They're, they're they're popping fucking champagne over these numbers they put up. And so, your reaction uh, to the numbers they put up, and they're popping champagne to the numbers yeah. you put up. Yeah, I mean, you know, they're 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 mocking these tweets for sure. So, uh, in fact, I mean, if you you know, according to Nick Hausman, you know, he says that they're they are in fact mocking these tweets <laughs> inside the other company with the with the report that he put out. So, uh, another man that uh, well, uh, sorry, we don't know if another man, but people in in the camp in the punk camp uh, are saying that CM Punk is saying that uh, this is one good reason to get out of. That he's so ah, glad. He's like, well, I'm great. out of AEW. All it. this drama and all this shit. I'm so glad I'm not in that company right now. You says. know, Phil Brooks just couldn't deal with the drama. Rich. <laughs> he's he so sick of a, it. He's just he enough. likes to be drama free. So <laughs> right. He's like, is, uh... he's like, ah. I just know he's sitting there on his couch reading a comic book or whatever. He picks up his phone for the one time a day that he picks up his phone. He scrolls Twitter oh, and goes, yes. ah, the... all this drama. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> The funniest part of that is the one time a day that <laughs> right. he picks up his phone. He turns it on. You know um, how back in the day we used to turn our phones on? Do you remember that? You you were alive during the turn <laughs> yeah, your cell phone yeah. on days, right? Yeah, turn it on, yeah. You're like, ah, I should turn this on and see what's happening. Yeah. You know, see if I yeah. got a voicemail or a call today. So I turn on my Nokia phone or whatever. But uh, yeah. yeah the, the logo loads up. It's the fucking <laughs> right. little song. Right. You know? <laughs> Let's see what's happening. All right, nothing. And you gotta <laughs> you gotta wait like two and a half minutes for everything for the right. apps to load up and for the for, for the for the time to pop up and everything. Yeah, no, nah, yeah. I guess what? Nah, nothing. A, nobody wanted to get to you. There was no calls. There was nope. no voicemails. No, it was never anything. Yeah. You're like, okay, well, yeah. You, you think it's gonna blow up when you turn it on. You think it's gonna blow up, and then you quickly discover no, nobody wants to talk to me. I I no one cares about me. I, it's it's a sad existence you get like you got you got one tweet and it's like it's like uh it's like the notification that your bills do like it's not even a real tweet you know so yeah that's the turning on the phone experience um yeah but, but if, if cm punk i mean I, yeah it's just it's so funny hearing him say ah this is the kind of trauma i want to get away <laughs> yeah, thank from. god i got myself I, away from this as i yeah post another Dr. Doom screenshot on my Instagram account with some weird quotes in it. Ah, I'm Everyone's so glad I got out of into. this. Yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. But uh, I guess we should just talk about punk then. Yeah, so. let's move into it. So, uh, look, the, the Sean Ross Sapp report came out, and this was from the WWE side, and they told him that there are no ongoing negotiations or current negotiations with CM Punk. Okay. And this is one of those situations where people really don't understand the role of a reporter or what these reports mean. Uh, because then everyone's instantly saying that Dave Meltzer must have been wrong when he said that the two sides had talked. And, you know, and, 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 and then I saw people saying, well, if Punk does end up with WWE, Sean Ross Sapp is going to look bad and have egg on his face. And all of this is fucking nonsense. All Sean Ross Sapp did was report what the WWE office told him. And that is Sean Ross Sapp's job. Okay. He made it clear in his report that the information that he was reporting was coming from WWE, who were saying 
that they were not currently negotiating and had no ongoing negotiations currently with CM Punk. Okay. If they call up CM Punk tomorrow and sign him, there is no egg on Sean Ross Sapp's face. He, he didn't report anything that was wrong or erroneous. He simply told you what the company told him. And he, and he told you who the sources were. He said it was from the company. That is what reporting news is. That doesn't invalidate Dave Meltzer saying that sources from the punk camp said that the two sides were in talks and that punk wanted to return to the company. That was Dave Meltzer reporting what someone told him and telling you who the people were that told him the information. This is what reporting is. And I just don't understand why wrestling fans are so thick when it comes to this stuff. And I understand sometimes when it, when it's punk involved, people, it's the CM Punk thing where people lose their fucking minds because people feel so strongly about CM Punk in either direction that whatever morsel comes out that fits the side that they're on, they extrapolate it. So this Sean Ross Sapp report comes out saying that they're not talking to him or negotiating with him right now. So all of the crazy anti-punk people are going, ah, see, it was all bullshit. He never talked to them. That's not what the, the Sean Ross Sapp report said. It said that they're not negotiating with him right now. That doesn't mean that what Dave said the week before was wrong. And by the way, I had no less than four people tell me that CM Punk was talking to WWE. And in fact, I was given names of some of the people in the office that he spoke to. Okay? So, um, you know, either everyone's being fucking lied to, or he was, in fact, talking to them, and now he's not. That's, I mean, that's the obvious uh, chain of, of events here. He talked, because then, then Meltzer came out with a new report saying that they turned him down. Right. Yeah, his latest one on the Wrestling Observer Radio, he just put it bluntly. They turned him down. They ultimately decided that yeah. that wasn't what they wanted to go with. They decided not to. And again, he, he did preface it by saying, and again, you get, if he does eventually go there, people can't say, ah, Dave blew that one. He fucked that one up. He says it like they turned him down. Now, will does that mean he will never, ever, ever, ever work there again? No, it doesn't mean that. But right but now for they some said. Reason, that's how, but for some reason, that's how wrestling fans well, consume news and things. We're dumb. We're idiots. And, and we have and no media literacy how, whatsoever. And it's none. just awful. How many times in sports, Rich, have you seen? a reporter say uh the gm of the chicago white Sox says that they're not trading john doe relief pitcher and then three days later the guy gets traded is there any egg on the reporter's face none he's just telling you what the gm told him sometimes these people lie sometimes these people change their mind sometimes just new information develops a reporter's job is just to report what they're told and when they're flat out giving you the source, like both Meltzer and Sap have done, there's no egg on any faces to be had. That's the information. The information is the punk camp says the two sides were in talks. That's the information from Dave. The information from Sean is WWE says they're not talking to him right now. And there's no negotiations happening. That is literally the information. Well, okay, these reporters it's not, you don't have, to, they expect these reporters to have crystal balls and know what's going to happen a month from now, a week from now, a day from now. News changes every day. Or, or only report what they believe that, okay, WWE can tell me that they're not talking to him, 
but I don't believe that, so I'm not going to, you know, that's not how right. reporting is. You have it's to say, a source told me that this is what's happening. That doesn't mean that you believe it or that you that's what. You don't have to believe it. <laughs> right. That's, but your job as a reporter is to say, this is what this source is telling me. And you can you can decide if you know how, how much merit that has. You can decide ah this source is blowing smoke up this guy's ass or ah this source is fun. But you cannot get mad at the reporter for saying this source told me this. Like that's not how it works. And 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 somewhere along the line, that's how do people decided that it worked. And that's just yeah, I I I don't know what we're doing here. It, it's it's we, like people. I saw people coming at Sean saying, oh well, they're lying to you. They're working you. And my response, if I was Sean, would be, well, why is that my problem? I'm telling you what they told me. I'm not telling you whether you should believe it or not. This is literally what they fucking told me. And I'm telling you what they told me. That's what that's how reporting works. I'm reporting the information that I gathered. <laughs> you do what you want with it. I report, you, you decide. I report, you yeah. decide. You can get mad at the information. You can claim that they're lying. You can claim it. I don't care what you do with it. But why is it? It's not my problem if you don't believe the information. I'm telling you the information. I'm telling you where I got it from. Now, I'm telling you right now. I heard the same shit that they've heard. But they were, in fact, talking to the, the two sides were talking. And that was probably, I don't know, two weeks ago or something or a week ago, whatever it was. And now Dave's saying they turned him down. And oddly enough, I haven't heard anything from anyone in like a week about it. Other than at the time, um, one wrestler told me, someone who I wouldn't describe as being in the punk camp, that not only he talked to them, but I, I, I was told the person that he talked to. And you don't get much higher than the person I was told. So I was like, oh shit, these are deep talks if he's talking to that guy. But obviously it went nowhere. And here's the other thing. Why don't you use a little fucking common sense? I know everybody loses their mind over CM Punk. Okay? And all reality just evaporates from your fucking brain. Of course, don't even kick the tires on the guy. Why would you not at least talk to the guy for a minute Are, or two? You have to be a fucking imbecile if you think <laughs> WWE didn't talk to him at some point. Why wouldn't they? It's patently ridiculous to think that at some point they wouldn't have had a conversation. That with would be man. malpractice on their side to not talk to the guy at least. Yes, especially since it's it's open information that he's been reaching out to them. Do you think? Phil Brooks is going to pop up on Nick Khan's cell phone and he's not going to answer? Are you out of your minds? Of course he's going to take the call. That doesn't mean he's going to sign the guy. It doesn't mean necessarily it's going to go anywhere. But if you don't think that that company has had contact with CM Punk, you're delusional. Why wouldn't they? You know, and, you know, it's like Meltzer always says, ultimately it's going to be up to Vince McMahon. If Vince McMahon wants CM Punk in that company, CM Punk is going to be in that company. Paul Levesque be damned. Nick Khan be damned. Roman Reigns be damned. Anyone else who has a problem with the guy. If Vince wants him there, he's going to be there. And they're going to have to just swallow their pride, whoever doesn't want him there. And I'm not even saying all those people don't want him there. Some of them probably don't. I was just throwing out names. My point here is no matter who the names are, no matter how powerful you think they are, if Vince wants that guy in the company, he's going to be there. That's all there is to it. And we'll see. Right now, it doesn't look like it's going to happen. But I think anyone who thinks they haven't talked is out of their mind. And that's not just because I had people tell me that. It's just common sense. I don't need anybody to tell me they were talking to for me. Because that You know what my reaction was when people told me? I woke up one morning and had all these random messages saying, 
I heard punks talking to WWE. So I said, all right. So I started texting some people that might know and might be familiar with, with it. And then they were like, oh, yeah. And then I got it confirmed from a couple different people that punk was, in fact, talking to WWE. My reaction to that was, oh, well, that just, okay. That was going to happen at some point. This is not a surprise. Of course they're going to talk. Why wouldn't they talk? So I don't know why anyone would be surprised by that. And I don't know why anybody would be surprised that they don't want him around either. Look at the fucking chaos he just caused in the other company. Why would you? you know, I can understand if you're not frothing at the mouth to bring this guy into your company. He's like a poison pill at this point. So um, I don't know. What's your take from all this? Anything different than what I had to say? Not really. I mean, obviously, no doubt that WWE was going to talk to the guy at some point. No doubt. I mean, from CM Punk's perspective, of course he was going to call WWE and say, hey, bring me in. This will be a you know great thing. Because for, for him, it would be a great thing for him. It would be one of the best things in the world for him. And it would be a way for him to to stick it to Tony and stick it to AEW and get himself back in the spotlight and all that sort of stuff. Of course, he's going to want to go back to WWE. And people are saying, all right, but but he said he was never going to go back there. He's a professional wrestler, man. He doesn't give a shit. You know, He doesn't care. And he's a mercenary. And also circumstances change. He wants right. to embarrass the other side now. Right. Right, right. He now has a new enemy, uh, an enemy maybe even right. greater than his old enemy. So, yeah, he's he's no doubt ready. And uh, but he talked a lot of shit about them all over the years. Well, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, he's going to swallow all that to try to stick it to his new enemy. So, of course, he'd be fine coming. So, from his perspective, of course, he wants to be back in WWE. Of course, that's what he wants to do. Uh, from WWE's perspective, of course, you answer the call, you talk to the guy, you, you see where his head's at, and then ultimately, you get off the phone, you get everybody in a room, you get everybody in an email string, you get everybody in a text string or whatever, and you say, okay, what are the pros? What are the cons? Is this worth it? Is is this is this worth doing? And and ultimately, at this time, they decided it's not. And I tend to agree with that. I think that he probably is not worth it to them right now. They they got a pretty good thing going right now. They got a well oiled machine. They got a lot of stars that are kind of stuck in their spots. There's a lot of you know happiness around the company. And Paul Levesque's back in charge. Joe, he has all of the creative power this time. This time for real. We promise. It's all Paul Levesque. So that's got everybody going, hey, now we're happy to work for Endeavor slash WWE because Uncle Paul's in charge or whatever. So you have all that going on. You have a, a company that's happy. You have a fan base that's happy. You have, you know, uh, everything seems pretty good for that company. Man, is this the time you want to bring this guy in? Yes. Will it, will it maybe get you one more over on AEW? Sure. You're getting over on AEW without this guy. You know what I mean? You're getting wins over AEW without this guy. And then you add in all the cons, like we talked about. All the, all the potential negatives that do come with this guy that, that yeah, I understand why they would sit at, down at that table. Nick, Paul, Vince, whoever is involved, and just say, yeah, I no, we're good now. There might come a time. There might come a time in a year where things start to soften a little bit. Things maybe, you know, the house shows aren't doing as well. The TVs aren't doing as well. Roman's not over anymore. All that sort of stuff that you say, ah, you know what? Let's let's call the guy back and see where he's at or whatever. That That's not out of the realm of possibility. But right now, you don't need this guy. CM Punk needs WWE more than WWE needs CM Punk right now. So I, I, I think that they made probably the right move by saying, hey, we're not that interested right now. And again, that can change in weeks and months or whatever. But uh, I, I think that they're probably better off without him. And I don't know what's next for CM Punk. He's kind of at this point now where... I don't know. Uh, he's not going to show up on Impact. I mean, if he if he was really going to walk the yeah. walk and talk the talk, yeah. like he'd pop his ass up on Bound for Glory and be all about you know what he says he's going to be about. But you know, we know that you know from a financial standpoint and from a you know star power standpoint, he's not showing up on Impact. He's not showing up in New Japan. He's not showing up. I mean, he wants it's WWE or AEW. Probably only WWE he, at this point did, for him. He did visit. He did visit the Impact locker room during his last yeah. uh, injury and when he was 
poking around the first time he was sending feelers to WWE. He showed up at the Impact locker room. I, you know, so he should. I, I mean, know. honestly, that would be cool. Like, <laughs> I would think that. I think that's kind of awesome if he did that. Um, I think it'd be cool for Impact. Obviously, they would be more than welcoming to for FCM Punk. They don't give a shit about a malcontent and a, and a, and a vibe. You know, as, as as someone in our note of chat room says, injury prone vibe killer and a malcontent. I think Impact Wrestling will take all that, <laughs> all those cons for the pro oh, of, me, of, of CM Punk. Let me, let me tell you something. Even with everything that has happened. If you're Impact Wrestling and he calls <laughs> that that you that red carpet can't be long bring enough. Him in. Of course, come on. If, if he's got a price that you could afford, there. Of course, you, you. If you're Impact, you bring in CM Punk. What are we even doing here? I mean, that's that's a no brainer. Uh, but Punk's not going to. do No, that. He's, he would never do that. He's 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 not going to do that. What what I think will probably happen here is Vince will wake up one morning in a cranky mood over a rating or whatever the fuck some some creative direction and he's gonna wake up one morning and go ah you know what we need we need cm punk i'm gonna shake things up and he's probably gonna bring him in i think that's the way it's gonna play out it's too tempting rich it's too tempting and you could sit there and talk about all the baggage and and all the people that hate him when has Vince been above bringing someone back, even despite all of those things? Sometimes I mean, he he so, likes to do that in that in because because you yes, are showing up hat in hand. Win. You are yeah. showing up hat in hand for him. Warrior Goldberg, all, all the numerous. The only guy that never came back was Randy Savage. Everybody else, Hogan, Warrior Goldberg, Nate. I mean Nate, Sid. I, fuck even Jeff Jarrett. Even Jeff Jarrett eventually found his way back yeah. in that company. Everybody except for Randy Savage has found their way back in the company, and he loves it because you have to show up hat in hand and go, hello, Mr. McMahon, how are you? And in, yeah. Vin- and in Vince's warped way, you know, he he does really believe he's always given the fans what they want. And if he feels like the fans want CM Punk, he's going to, he, I think he will deliver him, especially if he wants to make a splash. And you don't know what happens down the road. What if there's another head-to-head scenario, either on television or pay-per-views on the same weekend or in the same town, and, you know, it's... I think having CM Punk in your back pocket is a nice card to be able to play at some point if you're Vince McMahon, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I think this is the best time to say, hey, no, we're not interested. And you got that number on, on I'm saying speed dial. That's an old term or whatever. But, you know what I mean? You have yeah. the number. You have yeah. that, you know, breaking case of emergency. And you, you got the Punk thing. You can call it. He ain't coming back to AEW anytime soon. And uh, I don't think he's signing any sort of contract with the NWA or MLW or Impact. So, yeah, whenever you need to break glass in case of emergency, you call the guy and, and, and yeah, maybe it happens. Raw is, what if Raw ends up on Wednesday nights? And they want to make a big splashy debut. I mean, what better than the, to do it with CM Punk? Which and, uh, I want to talk about that real quick because uh, Ari Emanuel uh, has been making the rounds, making the media rounds. Obviously, the, the the guy in charge of this new endeavor, you know, endeavor, and and obviously the, the overseeing the TKO operation, the the conglomerate of UFC and and, and WWE. Uh, he has said, "Yeah, we'll move raw. We'll do whatever. Yeah, any TV station that wants to call us and give us some money, we'll." <laughs> The show is yours. Yeah, Move I mean, it wherever you need to. Do whatever you got to do with it. Just pay us the money. We're good. So, yeah. I and don't... quite frankly, getting away from Monday Night Football is mm-hmm. something that they're probably not going to be upset about. Mm-hmm. You know, even if it breaks 30 years of, of tradition or whatever, it's a new company. New it's company. A new mindset. And... They don't give a shit. They don't give a shit about the, if... the history of WWE Monday Night Raw on the USA Network. They don't give a fuck. <laughs> they don't care. Yeah, and, and if they're, if they're, you know, if they 
are, are sick and tired of Tony Khan calling them bald fucks, then, you know, maybe they do go for the throat and try to compete with them head to head and, and everything else. Um, by the way, how many people do you think don't understand that that's a Curb Your Enthusiasm reference? Uh, probably 90% of the people that are upset about it have no idea that it's from Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yes. Now, make no mistake. He's still <laughs> I mean, it's, calling. It's a double entendre for sure. It, yeah. It's... <laughs> he's still calling them bald. <laughs> right. But it's 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 from a Curb episode, you know, where, where Larry is, this, you know, he, he's, he's saying that being called bald is a hate crime is the is the basis of the episode. And, and anyway. It's from a, uh, you know, and I, it's from a television show, and I'm not sure that people, that a lot of people understood the reference, even though at the same time he really is calling Triple H and Shawn Michaels bald. It's just fucking stupid, Rich. Like, like it's, uh, again, I usually enjoy Poster Tony. I don't know. It's he's kind of losing his grip on reality a little bit here with, 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 with some of these, uh, with some of these tweets, but, um. That was a Halloween episode too, right? I think it was he gave some bad candy or something. I forget what it was, but I remember it was it, it was a Halloween related episode too. So it all has it all plays into it. But yeah, again, it is a it is a curb your enthusiasm joke. But make no question, it's about Shawn Michaels and Triple H. Yeah, yeah. So, um, no, he's st- it's still like a personal attack, I guess. But if you understand where the reference is coming from, it does take the edge off a little. I don't know. Why are we even doing this? Um, <laughs> so that's punk. And I guess, uh, I don't know. We done with punk. You got anything else? On I punk? got nothing. I, Joe, I am out, done honestly. with punk for the record. I am <laughs> over it for quite a while. Uh, I am more than happy to uh, move on. And, and uh, I cannot imagine people who, who, who spend day and night breaking down Instagram posts from this guy. It's like, I'm, I'm good, man. I call me when he signs to WWE, call me when he shows up in impact, call me when he's, you know, signing on the dotted line with Billy Corgan's NWA until then. I, I yeah, think I'm yeah. uh, Look, pretty good. I'm not good. I, I personally am not going to read between the lines on Submariner quotes. from comic books. <laughs> I, did he, did he post any Submariner or is that just your go-to like dork comic book character? I yeah. figured that was a popular comic book. <laughs> oh, oh Submariner. Yeah. He's big with the kids these days. Is he part of the uh, the fucking the MCU movies? <laughs> the MCU. Yeah. Well, you're asking no, the he, absolute he, no, no, wrong no, guy. He, he's not in the MCU, Submariner. He's, um, not, he's not fighting with the Avengers in those I don't dopey know. movies. I don't know. No, no, I don't. I don't. I, right. Again, you are asking the absolute wrong person who has seen exactly zero of the MCU movies and has uh, zero plans to ever watch a single second of any of them. So yeah, I don't know. I don't Cause know. Because they, they dig out all the obscure ones. They, like, they got it. They got it. They're doing like nine movies a year. They got to go Submariner at some point. Well, I'm they sure they get the glo- they, Listen, they got to get the glove gimmick off of the guy. So you got to get everyone out because otherwise... <laughs> If they don't get the glove gimmick off of the guy, he's going to, like, snap his fingers or some shit and send them into the fucking multiverse. So, Rich, you got to get everybody out there, um, including Submariner, who I'm sure is one of the background, unless he's so, like, obscure and shitty that they don't even bother shoehorning Submariner into the uh, into the battle against the guy with the glove. I, I don't know. But um, uh, I was... I. I, I have seen some of these movies. I have my six-year-old now has no. discovered these movies okay, yeah. on the Disney Plus. But here's what he does. It's it's pretty cool what he does. He just fast forwards to the to the battle scenes. So <laughs> So the lore. He doesn't give a shit about the lore and the no. background. He's like, let's see some shit explode, baby. Let's go. Correct. That's what he does. So yeah. he'll he goes he's goes through each movie. 
fast forwards until he sees like explosions and stuff. And then he watches the battle scene and then fast forwards to the next one, rinse, repeat, you know, he doesn't know what the fuck is going on. Who's on whose side. He has a vague understanding of who the good guys and the bad guys are, but that's about it. But he just, he's there for the high spots, rich. He just wants to see shit. Blow up. <laughs> so just... I, I kind of, I got to respect it. it. I respect way. the hell out of it's... it. Yeah. I, I love it. Yeah, you know, I was I'm confused. I was watching uh I woke up the other day and The Flash was on fucking Showtime or something, right? Cuz I guess that's on on cable now. Um with Ezra Miller, you know, that psychopath who's who's very controversial. But um, <laughs> I was going to say very canceled, but he's not canceled, right? He's just controversial if I'm uh, following. I don't know. Who knows? Again, we're the wrong people. Yeah, the absolute I, worst people on earth. A lot ask. of people hate Ezra Miller. Yes, point, correct. But there you go. I'm watching this movie, and they brought back Michael Keaton as Batman in this movie. Mm. Okay? And try then to, Try to tap into 90s nostalgia here? Or what are we trying to do here with Michael Keaton coming uh, back as, as Batman? There's a scene here, and Michael Keaton is explaining to the two Flashes. Don't ask why there's two Flashes. I don't really don't want to explain it. I could explain it, but I don't want to explain uh, it. Please don't. I would prefer if you didn't. And he explains using spaghetti strands that he's saying to the two flashes the two ezra millers he's saying you've probably seen a movie sometime in your life where they explain you know where uh the timeline splits off into an alternate timeline Mm -hmm. you know where all the events start to take but that's not how it works how it really works is i hate this conversation so much by the way this is so bad please go quicker it's going somewhere though he says when you go back and change history what you actually do is create a series of multiverses. Uh. You don't create an alternate. And then, but then I'm sitting here thinking, now hold on a second, okay? I thought the multiverse was a Marvel thing, right? The Flash and and the Batman, that's a DC thing. Mm. So who's biting off of who with the well, multiverse? Well, I, I believe that I believe multiverse is the term used by uh, by many many scientists and other things well before Marvel uh, decided to co-opt the term for their little comic book thing. All right, so multiverse so I, isn't a unique no, concept. No, 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 like no, no. Jim no. Ross would say no, no. Um, because there's now a multiverse. No, I think I think physicists have used the term multiverse for for quite a number of years before Marvel did. Impact okay. Wrestling also right. uses it for their shows too, the multiverse of whatever. So uh, I think a lot of people are, are 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 using the term right now. It's a fun term, I think, to use. So Well, that answers my question because I'm thinking to myself, now hold on a second. Oh, you thought this was like a shot across the bow at uh, at Marvel? Right. Now we're using we're using the same fucking story beats on both sides. We're both utilizing this multiverse deal. Okay, we're being told in the chat that DC had the multiverse decades before Great. Marvel. All right, well, then that answers my question, too, then. Then fuck Marvel, I say. Because <laughs> if DC was using this concept first, I think Marvel should stay away from it. Be more creative. Right? I mean, you can't just... That's pretty lazy. Like, if DC was doing these multiverses, and then Marvel just decides, oh, well, we're going to do a multiverse, too. That's kind of that's hack, that's hack to me. But um, that's probably going to make people mad because I think people like Marvel, the Marvel 
movies better than the DC movies. I think right? that's the case. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, well, I'd honestly rather talk about Roger Strong's hospital gown than continue this conversation. But, but, well, but it was go like on. The, uh, the Justice League Todd Phillips cut or something. What, or, or where they re, he remade the movie in black and white, like mm. not Todd Phillips. Uh, <laughs> Todd Phillips Todd did Phillips. Todd Phillips did Joker, and he did uh, uh, and he, right. and he did the 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 fucking uh, what's comedy movies with Zach Galifianakis in in Las Vegas. And, the Hangover, The Hangover. Yeah, he did the Hangover movies and and Joker. Uh, who's the mo- they'll, t- they'll it'll come up in the chat any second now. The guy that did the fucking Snyder. Right, oh. Zack Snyder. Was yeah, that I think that's the, the name, Zack Snyder. Yeah, the Snyder cut. Right, <laughs> it's, it's like, nothing that makes me want to see something less than people discussing the, Z- the Snyder the cut. Sh- the Snyder cut. Shut up. Yeah. The only Snyder I know is the wacky neighbor on One Day at a Time. That's the Snyder I know. <laughs> I think it's Snyder. I believe it's Snyder. I don't think it's Schneider, but I don't know. Yeah, it's spelled different, but you know, you're stepping on the bit, though. You know, he had the cigarettes rolled into his sleeve, and he was, uh, you know. He'd be canceled today. The character was a little creepy. He would just come busting into the apartment of these three women who were alone, like, <laughs> right, whenever he yeah. felt like it, you know? <laughs> Schneider. Yeah, I'm here to uh, fix the toilet. You know, he was never there to fix the toilet. But uh, that's the only, that's that's my Schneider, Rich, from one day at a time. Um, you want to keep doing comic book talk? <laughs> no, wanna... I would really, I would really uh, not like to do more There's comic book talk. There's a lot of crossover. Yeah. We can. We can do a comic book podcast, me and you, man. We can, as two guys who know nothing about comic books, here's what we can do. We can go to our respective comic shops. I don't even know if I have one in this town. I got one. I got one still hanging around. We could pick a, like a fucking series, like yeah. Submariner. Say, Spawn. Right? We can get our Spawn comics and discuss Spawn. Is Spawn still around? I don't know if Spawn's still I, around. I got to tell you, I knew a guy who was a huge Spawn fan about 20 years ago, yeah, and he yeah. was exactly what you'd think a Spawn <laughs> Is he a fan serial was killer like. now? <laughs> Is he in jail? You know, like black leather trenches and too cool for everything. Like yeah, so yeah. Spawn, I have a bad, I don't have a good relationship with Spawn. But um, he had all like the fucking expensive Spawn toys oh, like, yeah. on the they, shelf yeah, and everything. Yeah, yeah. And like, um, so we can go like start with Submariner one. <laughs> yeah, I'll and go fucking... to find Submariner one. Yeah, yeah, we can break it all down. You know, and we can you know discuss lore. Little... Yeah, discuss lore. I mean, that's we, great. Yeah, we could get into the multiverse of the Submariner, which you know I'm sure he's part of all that. Right. That's the other thing I don't like. Like they'll kill off a character in these things. But they're only dead in that part of the multiverse. Right, That's right. Cheap. I grew up in the in the '90s. Superman died while I was growing up, and I was like, "Oh my god, they killed Superman!" And then, like, you know, the death of Superman run ended, and then Superman just came back. And I was like, "No, hold on a minute. There's no way." Yeah, I can't get into that. <laughs> I, I can't get into that. Like, because I thought it was kill... a big deal, and I remember at my comic shop. Everybody was. I, I remember when it came out because I would go to the comic shop all the time as a kid. I never really bought anything. I kind of thumbed through things a little bit or whatever uh, here and there. But you know, I would I. I remember when that came out, it was a big deal, and everybody was talking about it, discussing it, and I'm like, man, that's huge. They're killing Superman. That's, like, one of the biggest characters of all time. Like, what are they going to do? And then, like, you know, Superman 2000 issue one comes out, and then it's like, oh, he's just fucking back. Ah, right. now he's just back. <laughs> I was like, fall like, out of it. What was that to Superman? <laughs> it's like people crying real tears in these Marvel movies when they killed off uh, when Spider-Man just dissipates. Oh. That scene where he just fucking fades away. And then when they kill off fucking uh, the Iron Man, Tony Stark, people cry in real tears oh, in the theater, and it's like, God, what the fuck? <laughs> they then they just bring then in the next movie Spider Man. Yeah, don't worry, just there again. <laughs> don't worry. 
Robert Downey Jr. will be back. Don't worry. (laughs) It's okay. You know what I mean? Like, they're just going to explain that his spaghetti string, he's only dead on the one spaghetti strand. Like, he's coming back on the other spaghetti strand. You know? Joe, I'd rather talk about actual physics and actual (laughs) multiverses than continue talking about comic book uh, I got to Google and see if we have a comic shop because we're going to do this. Let me see. No. No, we're not. I mean. You can do it all you want, man. Knock yourself out. I got Graham Cracker Comics not far from me. I can go uh, anytime. I know where it's at too. I got got two. I got two in 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 very close to me. So um, here we go. BCS Book and Comics. Let me see if they have Submariner One. (laughs) Submariner. We're starting at one. I think it's from like 1934, isn't it? Do they? Can you easily access Submariner One? I'm not sure if you can. What about uh, let me see Submariner One? It's I think Submariner like, One's probably... probably worth like thousands right, so, of dollars, right? No, here we go. We can get it on eBay for thirteen thousand nine hundred dollars. Okay, Submariner yeah. One. Yeah, all right. Do we it. won't get buy two. It. Buy it. We'll I, just buy it, please, and then I will pay you back. I promise. I'll watch it. I'll read it first, <laughs> and then send it to you. Perfect. We won't buy. Yeah. See, we'll get around it. We won't buy two copies of it. That would be ridiculous, right? So, um, this one's graded. It's a. Uh, oh. 9.8, whatever that means. Oh, that's, that's, big, that's a good grade. You want to get that one, yeah. What year is this fucking thing? Uh, I'm saying it's like 1960s. It's got to be in the 60s or something like that. It's, May it's... of 1968. Yeah. that's a... You know, he looks like uh, he looks like the motherfucker from Star Trek. He looks like uh, Spock. Spock. Yeah, he does look like Spock, yeah. He looks like a Vulcan. You know, the high eyebrows and the pointy ears, this submariner. What about... Uh, that's too expensive. What about the uh, uh, Superman enemy, Solomon Grundy? Maybe we can. Uh, uh, <laughs> Does he see. have a multiverse that we can do? Does he have his own comic book? Solomon Grundy one. <laughs> I don't. Uh, I feel like probably not. Right. There's no way. No, he's like a fifth tier. Yeah. Superman villain. <laughs> he's, <laughs> you know, he like emerges from the dirt like he's dead or something. Like he's a zombie. I think Solomon Grundy. Um, strong, vicious, and nearly mindless, Solomon Grundy falls into a life of crime, or perhaps returned to. This one. feels it's like the time of year the that that uh, he should probably get start popping up a little bit more, since he's kind of like a zombie type of thing. So yeah, who's Solomon Grundy? Yeah, yeah you yeah. want to do him in October, right? Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, Solomon Grundy. Um, wasn't that a, like a lore character before the cop? Con- sure. <laughs> yes, yes, it was. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. Remember the Wizard Magazine? Do you remember that? Of course. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember in Wizard Magazine, they would do uh, fantasy casting for fantasy, for, for movies that weren't even really being made. Like, they'd be like, oh, they should do a and, – and they would always cast Howard Stern as Scarecrow, the, the, the <laughs> Superman villain Scarecrow, like every time, you know. And they would always uh, cast Vader, the, the wrestler, as – the fucking uh, I can't think of the guy's name now. He's a Marvel character that is sh- you know shaped like that. Fucking looks like Vader. Maybe someone in the channel know. Let me pull up this scarecrow. Uh, I know the guy you're talking about. I don't know what his name is. I know he's a big burly guy. He's like a round. It's not. It's not Colossus. If people are thinking, Col- I forget the yeah, guy's name. Yeah, it was always, it was always Vader. Was always cast. Yeah, I know who guy. you're talking about. I just don't remember what his fucking name is. So yeah, oh, I'm looking at this scarecrow. I gotta tell you, Howard Stern would make a nice scarecrow. <laughs> yeah, I think it would work out. Yeah. The problem is he would just be. The Howard Stern, so it wouldn't like I don't know if he could act enough to. You know, well, he was in fucking private parts playing himself, but he was himself. He was Howard Stern. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
It looks like him, though. I mean, how much great acting do you need to do? To Juggernauts. I think Angry216 has it. Juggernauts, I Thank believe, you. is who, who, yeah, it was who Vader was. Vader was always cast as Juggernaut. Always. In those, uh, in those gimmicks. I feel like when anyway. I was a kid, I thought I had to like comic books, and I never really did. And then, like when I got a little older, I was like, I don't like these anymore. And then I just stopped. Yeah, I never had them. You know, my my. Uh, They're expensive, my, man. That's an expensive hobby to have as a kid. I I was blown away by how much it cost to stay up on the latest, you know, haps in in the comic world. And I was like, this is kind of dumb. I'm not going to do this. Did I ever tell you about my shady grandfather? Um, no, I don't think you did. So, How's... my grandfather. On my father's side, on the Lanza side, he um, he owned a corner store. They call them different things depending where you live. Bodega, corner store, candy store. Um, we call them candy stores in New Jersey. And it was a little luncheonette. You, know, you go in there, you buy lottery tickets, you have a breakfast sandwich, you know, you, you get a candy bar. So anyway, you know, everyone knows this kind of store I'm talking about. Um, what do they call them in Chicago? Just corner store? I guess store corner or... store. Yeah, convenience store, corner store probably is what like you call it. New York City. All bodegas yes and, yes and, and people know. in new york city think that it they're the only place where they exist and they, they exist yeah, fucking everywhere hey, we got bodegas movie. you don't know what that's like yeah i do buddy <laughs> we yeah, have we a like... lot of stores that sell things on corners it's okay you're not the only people yeah, and, on and, earth and, and, and have a short order of food orders <laughs> right i've been I, to europe I, everywhere in europe has those too so chill out new york Rich, i have one down the street right. in college hey, station you Texas. can't it's go not... and get a sandwich anywhere else in the world except for new york city uh no i I can. There's one. Yeah, I can walk to one in, in six minutes and get a sandwich from them. So, no, calm down. It's okay. So, anyway, my grandfather owned a corner store in New Jersey when I was a little kid. And um, attached to the same building was a barber shop where uh, my father. A, a barber shop or a barber shop? Well, yeah. Well, I'm getting to that. So, <laughs> barber shop. So, on the, week, so on the weekends, my father would go in you know, four o'clock in the morning to open the store. You had to be open by five or six for the breakfast crowd and all that shit. Right. And um, he would bring me and I love to go because I had full run of the place and I would always get baseball cards and candy bars, you know, so it was fucking great. And um, I was never attracted to the comic books. Like for whatever reason, I was just never interested in the comic books. I would always go right for the baseball cards and the candy. And then when things, when the store would open, my father would send me next door to the barbershop to get out of his hair. You know, I'd be five, six years old, pain, a little pain in the ass, you know? And, uh, and there's customers. <laughs> a lot, a lot so hasn't changed. <laughs> you're much older and you're still a pain in the ass. So, yeah. So he'd send me over to the barbershop, uh, where they would keep an eye on me. All my grandfather's old fucking Italian pals in the barbershop. And it wasn't until I was a few years older, like looking back at the memories of that barbershop where they would, they would, they they'd play with me and they'd break my balls, you know. And it wasn't until I was like a teenager that it occurred to me that no one ever came in that place for a haircut. Like the chairs were all covered with plastic. <laughs> there were no actual barbers in right. the place. Yeah. Who was the who was the but, if somebody wanted to walk in and get a haircut, would was any person there capable of, of providing even a modicum of a haircut? No. There was no barber. Like they were just old <laughs> Italian guys. No razors. And Nothing. I no no one ever got a haircut there. Huh. Like the chairs were covered with plastic. <laughs> and but what would occur is other old Italian guys would come in with fucking envelopes and you know and then I'm like, holy shit. 
I was growing up in a fucking mob movie and I didn't realize it. Like I, it didn't occur to me till I was like 15, 16 that like no one was ever getting haircuts. And these, these kindly old men who I thought were just giving me baseball cards and, and watching cartoons with me on the little fucking 12 inch black and white TV they had in the corner. These are fucking mob guys, right? <laughs> Just washing money through a fake barber Just shop. washing yeah. money through a fake barber shop. Right. Ah, here for my <laughs> haircut. Here's $18,000 for my haircut. Thank you. <laughs> right. Yeah, coming in for quote-unquote haircuts, you know? And and I, did I, I – I'm pretty sure I showed you a picture of my grandfather. He looks oh, like I've he seen him. Yeah, he like... is very much if, – if you close your eyes and think of what does an Italian man from New Jersey look like, you know, in the 1970s, that, that's that guy, yeah. I mean, you know, the stereotype does <laughs> yes. not. He even had the handlebar mustache like fucking Raleigh Fingers, like fucking, well, Super Mario. That's better reference, I guess, for our listeners. <laughs> like you, um, used, you said Jade Cargill's like Greta Garbo earlier, so you don't have to say, yeah, ah, well, that's, not, that's a reference that's going to go over the head of our listeners. You said Jade Cargill's being presented like she's Greta Garbo, so it's, you know. I think Raleigh Fingers yeah. is okay in this case, since he at least played baseball into the 80s, as opposed to Greta Garbo, who I believe died by the 80s. So, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I, you know Greta Garbo is a very fucking. She's 1990. I, Greta Garbo died. 1990. Good, good life for for Greta. 84 years old. Good for her. Yeah, but she's she's a very elegant star. Yes. Much in the, in the like Jade Cargill. <laughs> I think it's a good. I think it's a good comp. I'm sorry. But yeah, my grandfather, you know, absolutely looked like a fucking mob guy, but I didn't think he was. And that, then you learn years later that he owned like half a Rawway, New Jersey. And it's like, oh, okay, it all makes sense that this fucking barbershop was just a, like you're saying, it's a, it's a fucking front. It's washing money. No one ever got a fucking haircut. Um, how this relates to comic books was I was never drawn to the comic books. Like these guys would try to give me comic books or. I never, you know, I, it was always a baseball card guy more than a comic book. Yeah, guy. if I had access to base, and there was where I grew up, there was a comic shop, and across the street was a card shop. I'd walk into the comic shop and flip through some stuff and look at some stuff, but the money was being spent across the street at the card shop for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're gonna do the Submariner series behind the paywall. Me and Rich, we're gonna start with number one, yep. May nineteen sixty eight. Yep, Joe, you Rich already is- bought it, I think, right? Uh, I'm gonna look for one a little cheaper than the okay. thirteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you can get one for seven thousand, uh, I'd say buy it. I'd say if it, if you can get a seven point five to an eight grade, I would I would go for that. You know, I think that's probably who's, okay who for us. Who is Submariner's top? Who's the top heel? The top heel for Submariner. Um, I don't know Paul O'Neill or something. I'm not sure who's. who's. You know, this is. I, I actually typed into Google Submariner top heel. Like that's gonna produce a result. Let me try this again. Submariner. Villain enemy. or something like that. Enemy, yeah, enemy, villain, enemy, villain. villain. Yeah, something like that. Uh, Submariner villain. Neymar the Submariner, the son of the ants, Atlantean princess and a human, making him a mutant Antlian hybrid. I don't give a fuck. Who are his villains? This is what I want to know. Um, <laughs> Sumaket? Sure, yeah. All right. Don't want to cross that guy. Look, looks boring, to be honest. I think Submariner's kind of boring. I think that's going to be a problem here. Well, these water guys are always the pits. Oh, Aquaman's I mean, the worst. It's like all these dudes have such care, cool powers. You know? And he's like, I can breathe underwater. And they're like, all right, cool. <laughs> I found that I did find a think piece. Is is Neymar the villain? 
Mm. Oh, oh, now see that's what we need to start mm. getting into. That that's where we're going to change the game on our, our our Patreon series is we're really going to upset yeah. the apple cart here because we have no preconceived notion of who's good and who's bad and and, and whatnot. So we're going to be looking at it from an entirely different angle. You know. All right. Here's was Captain America Mar- actually bad? Find out. Flagshippatreon.com. Five dollar tier. Can't wait to break that down. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Are we canceling Neymar? <laughs> right. Um. I found. Okay, this is from Marvel. Com. So this is probably a good source. If Neymar has an arch villain, it is probably Atuma, a fellow okay. Ant- Atlantean and ruthless warlord. He mm. believes himself destined to conquer Atlantis. All right. Let me see what that guy looks like. Atuma. I wonder if he's interested. Oh, he looks so much cooler than Submariner. I, I'd, I'd be into watching an, an, an Atuma. Uh you know, he doesn't look very watery, though. He doesn't have, like, uh... Like sure he does. He looks like he has around. gills and stuff, man. I don't know. I think he looks kind of watery. You look at him, he's like this blue guy, right? Yeah, blue yeah, yeah. And some of the pictures, he has, like, this yellow lightning type. Yeah, sometimes here. he looks more uh, watery, and then other times he doesn't. So, I, I don't know. Oh, you got to get the right artist, right? Yeah. These guys all have their favorite artist, these comic <laughs> fans. Right? So, you got to get the right artist. Um, he looks like kind of like... Who's this Roman Reigns looking guy? I don't know. Yeah, there's a Tuma. Great. All right. Well, get used to it, Rich. You're gonna yeah. you're gonna be getting a lot more flagship patreon.com. Okay. Yeah, once we uh once we wrap up Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame season, we'll get right into Submariner. Uh, uh and then our our big think piece about is Captain America actually bad? Um will be uh there as well. So uh, and then we'll get into mm-hmm. yeah, then we'll get into Jap- we'll get into manga. Joe, we'll get into Japanese uh, comics sometime soon. Well, they're all so. telling us in the chat that Submariner is, in fact, the bad guy. So maybe hmm. that wasn't such a hot take. Hmm. So they're all saying, no, that's just obvious. Like, he was a villain at points. This guy has a good uh, idea here. Z says, $10 a month and you get the new Submariner podcast. $15 a month, you do not receive the podcast. I like that one. But I think people would like to. Read I think people would manga. get into us. Yeah. No. Is it manga like the tentacle porn and shit? I'm not reading that. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No thanks. No, manga manga's just Japanese yeah. You're thinking of uh of hentai, I believe is what you're talking oh, about. Oh hentai. Yeah. <laughs> right. That would be I, you know, that would be interesting. I think we could probably Girls with their eyes crossed sticking their tongue out. No thanks. I don't be <laughs> shit. Doesn't work for you. Um no. Not your God, brand, no. not your brand of uh, of of pornography. Why would why would that work for me? Arigato, it's called or something. Arigato or oh the the face. I don't know what the face is called. Yeah, that stupid face, like jacking off to a cartoon with their eyes crossed. Like why <laughs> yeah, would I do that's, that? That's tough. Yeah, that's it's 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 a hard scene. Um, it's uh, I don't think it's I don't know who cares. Um, how do we rope this back into fast? Well. <laughs> Fastlane. I forgot about Fastlane. Dude, fuck, Fastlane fast fast. fucking sucks. Move on. Who cares? That boring as fuck show. No, we got to do it. We got to do it. The end. Boring as fuck. Nothing happening. Fans didn't care. I didn't care. The wrestlers didn't care. Next. All right. Let's talk about New Japan. So Fastlane from... Which was not Roadblock Under the Line, by the way. What? Yeah. Why again. do you keep saying that? I don't... <laughs> 
I was told that we said Roadblock under the line a couple times. And that in the intro uh, to both shows, which I did hear that. The intro in this show does say Roadblock under the line, and it is our master cut of us saying Roadblock under the line a bunch of times. Uh, and then last week, we played the same introduction and apparently also um, discussed uh, Roadblock under the line when we meant to say Fastlane. But no, 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 no. Listen. Vroom, vroom. We said Fastlane, vroom, vroom all the time. I'm positive Absolutely. Of it. Yes, we did. Um, We've got the indie cars on the uh, on the ramp there. I, I'm Some gonna B-roll, the Indianapolis Motor point. Speedway. Vroom, vroom. Let's go, I'm man. Gonna, I'm going to bring this podcast back. Please. With a serious point. Because it's hard to get back on the rails sometimes. When you're talking about arigato porn or whatever the fuck it's called. Um. I'm watching this fast lane pay-per-view with its five matches in three hours. Number one, (laughs) Um, one area that I can't even take you seriously. I don't care which company you prefer. You cannot make a real argument that AEW pay-per-views don't blow the fucking door. Like the gap is so wide in quality between AEW pay-per-views and these WWE pay-per-views that I don't even believe it's worthy of a reasonable debate. These WWE pay-per-views are just shit. And outside of like WrestleMania, where they put all the effort into the presentation of it, right? Or maybe the Royal Rumble, the big ones. I don't even think they try on these things. Because they know no, they're bought. And very paid blatantly, for. they do not try. Very blatantly, did Fastlane not try? I mean, this was like not even a good SmackDown. This this Fastlane show. You know, they don't even put any effort. It's like a five match show. And believe me, you're not getting thirty five minute matches. You know, you you the bell didn't ring on this show for the opener until almost like 16 minutes into the show. What the fuck are we doing? Like, what are we waiting around for? Then every entrance is like four minutes each. Right. And then like, cause the fans, they just want to go, Oh, at the Cody song. And they want to do the Jay Uso thing. His little, he does his little dance. The dance. Oh, the dance. Yeah. And then, these matches happen, and then the fans just fucking disappear until the next set of entrances. Mm-hmm. They couldn't give a fuck about any of these matches. This crowd was so dead for this show. And it's funny because they sent Pat McAfee out there. <laughs> to try to get him going a little, yeah. Well, uh, no. So he's from, you know, obviously played for the Colts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Based in Indianapolis. He's wearing the Indianapolis Colts fucking title belt. Which, by the way, you can't get a Jacksonville Jaguars one, right? Uh, I believe that is still the case. Yeah. By the way, voicesofwrestling.com so slash WWE shop if you want to get a uh, Indianapolis Colts uh, custom title belt like Pat McAfee had. We are all linked up again uh, with our good friends at World Wrestling Entertainment. Uh, voicesofwrestling.com slash WWE shop. They have freaking socks. Uh, there's an EO of the Sky shirt that's out there. There's some really very, very subtle uh, LA Knight shirts that uh, have giant letters that say, let me tell ya, and yeah, on them. So if you want to buy those, you can buy those. So yeah, plenty of stuff available there at VoicesOfWrestling.com uh, slash WWE Shop, including those title belts. And I would encourage all of you uh, to buy a title belt of your favorite uh, NFL team. Uh, that would be great for us. VoicesOfWrestling.com slash WWE yeah. Shop if you want to And do let that. us know you bought one so we can mock you relentlessly Yes, please, forever. please. Yes, please spend um, $400 on one of those and then let us know. <laughs> so. 
Yes. And buy that Bray so, belt. I, I don't know if they're still selling that Bray belt. Those things were like $1,400 or whatever. Please buy more of those. Please, please. I think they are because I think all merch money is going to his family. Okay. Well, then buy those for sure. So I think they are still selling his merch and they're giving it to his kids. Um. So anyway, these WWE pay-per-views, they're the shits, man. I mean, and you could tell that they're super low effort. The fans don't care about anything. Um, you know, this this Cody Rhodes Jey Uso, so they win the tag team titles from the Judgment Day, and it's all the mat. You know, it's all gimmicked up at the end of the match with all this crazy interference and everything. And the crowd did get up for that a little bit, and then the bell doesn't ring again until forty three minutes into the mm-hmm. show for the next match. It's just utterly ridiculous. And then it's Mysterio and Santos Escobar against Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits, and they have a mystery partner, but he doesn't come out with them, which. This drives, if I cared about this company, it would drive you nuts. But it's like, why would their mystery partner wait for them to be on the verge of losing? <laughs> right. I'm going to stay back here. But trust me, I'll come out in a minute, guys. And it's like, all right, <laughs> when's he coming out? Yeah, We're about to lose I the match. I understand the mindset behind it. You want the big pop for Carlito or whatever. Right. Carlito. It doesn't make any sense. Like, we're, we're pretending Carlito was a megastar. We're doing that thing that I was talking about that WWE is, is going to have to do over the next couple of years. Where And I talked about yeah. it with Edge. Remember, I talked about it with Edge a couple of years ago where they're going to bring Edge back, pretend that Edge was this massive, gigantic, game-changing star when he never was. He never was. And now we're doing it with Carlito. Because he I got know. a pop you know, in Puerto Rico. He's from Puerto Rico. He's a cologne. Of course he got a pop. And, and then, but the... The worst part about it, Joe, is Carlito came out in Indianapolis and the people went nuts. And it's like, I don't understand this business. Maybe that person was right. I don't understand the business anymore. They they, they, they go nuts for the entrances and the entrance themes. And we have someone in the chat, the Shermanator. Wasn't that a character in, like, uh, American Pie? But anyway, he said he went the fast lane, and the crowd does get loud when they pop. And he says every match got a this is awesome chant at the 15-minute mark no matter what was (laughs) happening. Yes, it did. They all did. No matter what's happening. They they chant this is awesome at some point, and he's right, or she, whatever the Shermanator, um, assume he, but um, he he's right. I mean, it's just every match up. It's that time where we chant this is awesome, even if it's not awesome. And believe me, none of these matches were none awesome. zero were this awesome. This is such a nothing happening show, and it's like AEW does these pay per views. <laughs> Like fucking wrestle dream. <laughs> it's insane. They're four. Listen, they're four hours long. The first match is in the ring within like thirty seconds of the show starting, and you're getting wall to wall action for the next four hours, and like seven of the matches are four stars, right? And then you get these WWE pay per views. There's five matches in three <laughs> hours, and they all stink. Dude, when you fast forward through these shows, I was fast forwarding through the entrances and stuff because that's what I do now in WWE shows because I'm like, I'm good. I'm not going to waste my time. Seth beat Shinsuke, and I'm thinking, okay, I got through this whole show in like – Joe, I'm not kidding. I got through the show in like 70 minutes maybe. I believe it. And Seth is celebrating, and he's really milking it. He's like mystical out there. He's milking it. I'm like, get out of the fucking ring, man. Let's go. We got more matches to go. And then I see the bug, and then my peacock signs off. And I'm like, oh, my God, that was it. They only had five matches on this entire show. They don't even try. No. I swore there had to be another match. I swore there had to be another. And then I realized, now I fast-forwarded through everything, and this entire show can be watched in, in, in probably less than an hour, honestly. 
I probably gave him more time. I probably at least watched the introductions to the matches. I probably could have just went bell to bell and have this thing done in 50 minutes. Yeah, you, you can't even – the difference in quality between AEW pay-per-views and WWE pay-per-views is I, – I can't even think of, a, a like, the proper words. It's, like, such a gulf in quality difference between the pay-per-views. And this company just doesn't give a shit. Their fans should be irate that they're fed this garbage. There's nothing happening. <laughs> I was reading. Shows. I was reading. The, remember when I was reading the card last week, and I was just like, "Wait a minute! How is this company like just handing it? Pay per view. They're handing it to AEW. They're fucking pounding AEW. <laughs> this card sucks." Yeah, I, I don't understand. Like, then I've... you have EO Sky in the three way with Asuka and Charlotte Flair. No one gives a fuck about EO Sky, and why would they? With the way she won the title no. that we ranted about. You know, the, where the psychology was all off. No one gives a shit about these matches until the pre-planned "This is awesome" chant at the fifteen. Which, that, mark. by the way, happened in that match. I I forget what happened. I know. I Charlotte did it. something it's... where she missed by a mile, and then she stood yeah. up and went ah, and then the fans went, "This is awesome!" Like eighteen fans said it, and I was like, "Is it? I don't think it's that awesome, but okay, knock yourself out." So, yeah, um, it's yeah. just so bad, and then. Could John Cena do any less in, in these matches? <laughs> that man is could not wait for these this this strike to end. You know, you know the meme where the the white guy and the black guy are shaking hands, and everyone thinks it's Rocky and um and Apollo Creed, but I'm not sure that it, I think it's supposed to be Rocky and Apollo Creed. And people do the meme where they like that meme. John Cena, Togi Makabe, we're not taking any bumps. Like that's that 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 that's the meme I think of when I'm watching John Cena do nothing in these matches with uh, L.A. Knight as they take on uh, Jimmy Uso yeah. and Solo Sokoa. Not main event Uso, in, the other Uso who's not a main event Uso. Not main event. Yeah. Oh yeah. I can't believe I overlooked that. So he's main event <laughs> Jay Uso now. Like yes. that's his name. Yes. You have to say all four words. Yeah, you have to main say main event, event Jey Uso. Uso. Uh, he was in the opener in this show, by the way. So that was uh, a little weird when they kept calling him main event Jey Uso when he was in the opener of this here uh, fast lane show. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Well, it, it, you know, main event Jey Uso has more of a ring to it than curtain jerker Jey Uso. They're not going to call him curtain jerker sure. Jey Uso. Um, but, you know, their fans will eat that shit up and he'll be main event Jey Uso. Like, he didn't get over it. Some the SummerSlam match was a, was a disaster. Okay, he didn't feel like a, a main eventer in that match at all. That was a fucking bomb. But they're determined, so they just say, "All right, well, we'll just fucking call him main event Jey Uso," and these people will eventually. And he buy does it. his little dance. I can't. If you haven't seen yeah. the dance, I can't do the dance. Like I'm doing the dance, but you don't know what I'm doing. Raises his hands. Yeah, yeah raises his hands. I'm doing, <laughs> I'm doing it, right it. Now. I'm doing it right now. You can see yes. it. You're doing it. I, I we're not looking at each other because we don't do video, but we're both doing it. Um, look it up and, and, and yeah, you'll start doing it as well. Uh, it's, and, and yeah, he does it and the fans do it. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's a thing. Yeah. Um, we're told that that meme is supposed to be Schwarzenegger and Carl Weathers. Oh, that's Predator, right. Not... That's right. That's right. That's right. Yes. I got one, one of the actors, right. At least. Cause he was also Apollo Creed, Carl Weathers. I just got, you know, I mixed up Stallone and Schwarzenegger. Yeah, yeah. Great handshake, um, man. That's when men were men, man. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's that great scene in Rocky where where Rocky and Apollo Creed are 
are racing on the beach with their high ring, high socks with the rings on them, Fuck and they're yeah. running down the fucking beach. Yeah. Remember when guys used to sweat? Uh, Remember when people sweat? Nobody sweats anymore. Well, you sweat. You I sweat, sweat. Like a I sweat a lot. Pig. Yeah, I still you, sweat. You're yeah. a sweaty man. You are very sweaty. Um, I don't sweat very often. No, I watch I, old I, wrestling, I, man, and these dudes are just fucking sweating. They sweat. They yeah, sweat they so sweat. much. Like sweat I was watching a Lex Luger match. It was oh Stan Hansen and Lex Luger from Halloween Havoc 1990. And, like, Luger is just a fucking puddle of sweat. And Hanson, every time he's punching him, Luger is just gushing sweat everywhere, doing his Lex Luger selling. Where, rah, rah, rah. It's just, like, heads filled, just sweating all over the place. God, man, remember when everybody used to sweat? There's nothing like a WCW chop and then sweat. <laughs> right, guys don't sweat anymore, man. How much is. sweat? Well, Seth Rollins wasn't sweating, you know what I mean? Like, these guys don't sweat anymore, man. I don't like it. No. Um... Main event, Jay Uso. <laughs> t-shirt. Rocking the t-shirt the whole match, too. That's, that's. I didn't watch it, but I am told that he may have been a bit inebriated at the presser. Uh, a bit is putting it lightly. He was quite inebriated. And uh, just hopefully he didn't get behind the wheel of a car. Like yeah, well. <laughs> well. I, he, couldn't have been, he couldn't have really been drunk. Why would uh, they send him out like that? Uh, Everyone knows a guy who always appears to be drunk, but that's just how they are. Uh, no, Could that be the situation. No, him here? and Cody. I don't know what they were. Maybe it wasn't drunk. Maybe it was other uh, uh, drugs of choice. But uh, those men were uh, they're having a blast at this uh, at this presser, and uh, yeah. they were on the Everyone open. They had plenty friend, of time, though, Joe. They know? had three hours to enjoy themselves before they had to, <laughs> to go up on this uh, post show. So I don't know. Don't you have that friend that behaves like they're drunk, but they're just goofy? Like, no, I don't think so. Do I? Maybe I did at no. one point during the show. That's possible. Maybe not at this stage in your life, yeah. but I mean, I have a lot less friends than I did when we started this show. As I'm, as you get old, man, you just lose. Uh, you got nothing, man. You, you, I, you, those friends drop off. I got I'm like saying, it's five fun. friends that I, I'm still friends with. You know what I mean? Everybody else is. Oh God, then you have a lot of friends. Yeah, no, I know. I already have a yeah. lot more, but like, yeah, at that time there was like, because you have like. You you never I'm sure you sort of experienced even though you didn't drink you sort of experienced like drinking buddies when you were like 22 there were dudes that you hung out right. with because you guys like to go out and stuff but then right, as you right, start right. going out you're like I don't really have anything in common with this guy we just you know right just someone I go out with right so yeah a lot of those right. guys have have since so I don't know who I even mentioned on the show in in, in prior it, it sounds about right though yeah it's like you know you have friends that maybe like you're saying drinking buddies or friends you chase girls with and then like people get married. People just fucking disappear. They start taking their life seriously. Friends just drop off. Right at this point, the, all the friends I have all like like wrestling. Because I'm just like, well, I still need to keep all my wrestling friends. So it's like yeah. everybody that doesn't like wrestling is gone, and all the people that still like wrestling, they're still there. So, well, maybe he's just the goofy guy that always come. That is always you well. Think Cody drunk. then what was playing it? the goofy guy as well. There was two goofy guys that were. Uh, so Cody was drunk too. Uh, I, I don't again. I don't know if they were drunk or what was going on, but uh, they were. They were enjoying themselves. They were having quite the time. Could they have been maybe a little bit of gummy, like Chris Mandog Russo, or uh, different kind of goofy? Uh, no, they, they, it was potentially that kind of goofy. I don't know how those guys act when they're, you know, because people act sure, different ways. Sure. But no, they something. Hmm. Something was going on. Z has a good point. Did Cody put a little something in his American Rebel cigar that he had after the, <laughs> it's the match? It's possible. Hey. It's possible he cut a little slice of that American Rebel cigar and threw something in there and uh, had himself a good night. So I don't know. Rich, did your American Rebel cigars ever show up? Still haven't showed up, Cody. Still waiting to buy the. Uh, still uh, waiting. You know, yeah, one of these days. The, the mail's a little slow sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Stuff gets lost in the mail all the time. So, 
It was six years ago, but I, you never know. <laughs> you never know. Uh, um, where the fuck were we? Oh, yeah. So John Cena and L.A. Knight defeat. Uh, you know, I got to tell you, I don't remember shit about that match other than John Cena. Do you remember anything about Fastlane? Nothing. So no, I, wonder- I remember like stuff about the other matches, but that match, I oh, don't nothing. remember anything. Yeah, I know nothing about it's that It's just match. a nothing match. And then Rollins Nakamura, they didn't overdo the 10 counts. I will say that. They did. They, I will give them that. They did not. But it was so boring. Like, it was just fucking boring. Uh, you know what I've had enough of, Rich? I don't want to hear another peep about Seth Rollins being the best wrestler. Oh, it, that's got to be over. Stop comparing this guy to Will Ospreay. Stop comparing this guy to Kenny Omega. Stop. It's over. It's done. Knockout. I, TKO. He just the great matches. He never has great matches. <laughs> For a great wrestler, he rarely has great matches. That is that is interesting, isn't it? Like this is they're just marching around the building, putting you to sleep. Then that bump on the mattress. Oh, can, can I talk about the bump on the mattress? Please. I the absolute state of the dorks all across the internet going, that's good. I don't want these guys to get hurt when they're wrestling. Okay, okay, dude, great. Get your little back pats on Twitter and yeah, it's good that the guys aren't getting hurt when they're wrestling. That's so much better than people getting hurt. Okay, great. Great. You know what you could also do is not do a spot where you're gonna get hurt. If you're if you don't want to take a bump, that's okay. You don't have to take a bump, but if you're going to take a bump, take a fucking bump. If you take a five-foot fall onto a mattress, I'm sorry. That shit sucks. That's garbage. That's not what this thing is supposed to be. That's not what this this, this pseudo-sport is supposed to be. Come on. Like, what are we doing? It, it's it's ridiculous. <laughs> People, I I know why they do it because you get the back pats. Because if you say, this, shit, this shit's stupid, people are going to say, oh, you want wrestlers to get hurt? Hey, you want this guy to not be able to walk? It's like, what are we doing then, man? You know what I mean? Like, if you can't take that bump five feet off the ground, then don't take the bump. You know? There's several other things you could do in a match that's not taking a bump. But taking a bump from five feet away and dropping onto a mattress that was visible on camera that made the crowd not react to it because they all saw it sucked. Stupid. It just I, I I thought that was garbage. And yeah, the, just the the reaction from people in the aftermath of being like, that's good. I want more wrestlers to do this. It's like, great. Then you know what? Line the entire fucking ring with mattresses. Just what make the ring double padding. The whole side of the ring can be mattresses. It'll be fucking slam ball. Everybody will just land on a mattress or a, a, a trampoline or whatever, and we'll we'll uh, nobody will ever get hurt. We're good. Great. Sucks. Just looks dumb. It looks I so mean. dumb, and it looked dumb on on camera, and then the the fans didn't react, and then they they because WWE doesn't do blood, but they wanted us to look like a bloody battle. They had Shinsuke yeah. Nakamura spray red mist into Seth Rollins' face. So if you saw pictures of Rollins with the crimson mask, you might think, "Oh my god, what a what a war they had." Well, they didn't do shit for twenty five minutes, and then Shinsuke spit in his face and made it red, and then he went through a table, a WWE, WWE branded announcer's table. Fuck this match. (laughs) Sucked. This match. Do you think Seth Rollins is just like a WWE fan's idea of a great wrestler? Is that what's happening here? I think so. Because I can kind of see why they would think he's a great wrestler. Because, you know, I watch everything and I do 
the monthly roundup thing and there's not that many WWE main roster matches that I have. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't know if Seth Rollins even has one. I'd have to go back and look. This guy never has great matches, but I think like he is their idealistic version of what they can consider a great wrestler in comparison to what other wrestling fan, because he, on paper, at least, he works a similar style to these other guys who are considered great wrestlers. So, right, he, he does springboards WWE... sometimes. He'll bounce off the ropes sometimes. He looks like he he moves very fluid. He moves like a guy that's a good worker. I get that. Yeah, but so he isn't. I, I, it... <laughs> but yeah, he is, he doesn't have great matches. <laughs> that's the thing. Like, what are the great Seth Rollins matches this year? <clears throat> what are they? That's not the two Shinsuke Rich, matches. I'll tell you that it wasn't any of those Shinsuke Nakamura are, matches. Rich, what yeah. are the great matches? Did tell me what his uh, great matches are. It wasn't are that Braun Breaker match from a couple of uh, months ago. I, no, it wasn't that one. Because um, the Cody matches were last year. Yes, and you didn't even like those. I didn't like them as much as you did. No, uh, I, the lo- I like the Logan Paul match a lot. That one was good. All right, WrestleMania. Saturday, I think. I don't know what day of WrestleMania it was. This year's WrestleMania, one of the two nights of WrestleMania. I don't fucking remember which one. Uh, yeah, that match was good. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I watch all these PLEs, and I, uh, I'll i be honest, Joe, not many others coming to mind. Do you think... Here's the thing about Seth Rollins. He, Will Ospreay has more great matches in a G1 than Seth Rollins ever has in an entire calendar year. Is that even unfair? No, no. Seth Rollins or, or, or Will Ospreay in a, a given weekend sometimes will have more good matches. But yeah, in a G1, it's it's a it's a TKO at that point in terms of the great matches he's going to have compared to um, no. <laughs> Fucking no-brainer. Do, do you think the people saying that Seth Rollins is the best wrestler in the world are even watching no, wrestling outside no, of WWE? No. No, they're not. So that's that's kind of what this boils down yeah, to. Yeah, of course not. Here's the WWE. You think they're watching Fuminori Abe and <laughs> Nomura from the, you know, no. God, no. All right. I mean, they've got Gunther right there. They've got Ilya Dragunov right there. You know, there's other options. But for some reason, it's Seth that they go with. Right. Because he, he looks like the platonic idea of what a good wrestler looks like. You know what I mean? Right. Like, no one thinks that that Nakamura match was great, right? Not even the hardcore. I, would, I, I don't yeah, see that. I don't buzz. know. I didn't see any buzz about that. No, but dear God. So he's I had not. two straight matches with Nakamura that were just like TV matches. Mm-hmm. Well, this one wasn't really, I can't call this one a TV match because it was plunder and it was all over the building, but it just wasn't good. Well, it was good. It just wasn't great. I can't say it was a bad match. It was a good match. It was like a three and a half star match or something. People do way but, overrate Rollins stuff. Those people that really love Rollins and really love, like, because remember when he did that? Uh, he did that gauntlet match, and people were like, that's one of the best things I've ever seen in wrestling. And I watched it, and it's like three mediocre matches back to back to back. And it's like, okay, that's, you guys should really watch more wrestling. I really, I don't mean to be that like gatekeepy, but like if you like this, you should really watch more wrestling. You might really like what you see uh, all across the world. There's a lot of really good stuff going on across the world. Like you should maybe expand your horizons uh, if this is, you know, something you enjoy. This is a hobby you enjoy, but, you know, it's easier just to say, Seth Rollins, goats, fire, fire, fire emoji, and then just move on with your life. You know, it's just a lot easier to do that. Yeah, all right. Well, I'm, I, I think I'm done with Fastlane. I'm annoyed now. Let's, yeah, um, stupid show. 
you didn't want to do it, period, but it's just no effort. Fucking low effort as fuck. Yeah. Very low effort. I just thought I was gonna give them the amount of effort that they gave us, which was next to none. So that's Yeah. Well, what's the next big PLE? Is it Survivor Series already? Uh I don't know if we have one in between. I think that yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. There's got there's gotta be one in October, right? Um Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Crown Jewel. No, we have Crown Jewel, Joe, in uh early November. Oh, okay. From the oh well, the kingdom of Saudi Wouldn't Arabia. It be something else if Punk worked that one after telling Miz to suck a blood money covered dick. <laughs> Look in my eyes. It's clobbering time. <laughs> yes. Yeah, pointing at his wrist. Riyadh. Yes, it's clobbering time in Riyadh. Yes. Oh God. Oh man. That would be fantastic, but uh... look in my eyes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right, right. Thank you. Tap the wrist. Yeah. <laughs> those those guys mulling around those fucking <laughs> the, the, the yeah the, the kings or whatever. Yeah, they're they're all like whatever clearly they are. The royalty mulling around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all looking at their phones. They don't give a shit. <laughs> no. Remember that one where they had the couches. Yeah, side, yeah, like, that was great. Yeah, they're just literally just sitting on the around couch, looking at their phones, on their phones, probably trading commodities it. worth like billions of dollars in the background. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like cutting deals, <laughs> right? Selling some fossil fuels, right? <laughs> yeah, fucking paying no attention to like, <laughs> fucking new day or whatever the fuck. Man, crowd jewel, the best shows, greatest Royal Rumble. Ah. Uh. Yeah, with the fake Yokozuna. <laughs> Get us Yokozuna. Well, uh... he's dead. Well, we still want him. Uh. <laughs> well, we'll try our best. <laughs> well, isn't this a pickle? How do we get out of this mess? <laughs> well, they found a guy. They got a guy. I don't yeah, know. They got a Yokozuna. They didn't say it was going to be the Yokozuna. So. I don't know where he's been since, but they, they fucking found a guy. All right, I'm done with Fastlane. That wasn't that the Bury Me Softly brother show where uh, Miro, it was Miro and Undertaker in a casket match and <laughs> Miro tweeted out Bury Me Softly brother. Wasn't that the same show? Uh, I think it, that was the Bury Me Softly brother show. I think it was. I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah. One of those early ones. They've kind of all blended together for me. Uh, at this point, I'm I'm looking at a past one at one point. AJ Styles and Humberto Carrillo <laughs> at a match. I'm sure. I'm sure the oil tycoons really love that one. Yeah, they're probably on the edge of their seat for the Humberto versus AJ Styles match. So, yeah, 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 great. Well, speaking of lousy main events, Destruction and Ryu Goku 2023, uh, five thousand and two people mm-hmm. in Sumo Hall for this one. As uh, Sonata retains, I was pulling for evil. Uh, apparently, this was a lumberjack match, which either we weren't aware of last week or they just decided on the fly. I think it was, but I don't, I don't really, Um, I mean, why not just make all of evil's matches, lumberjack matches and cut out the pretense, right? Just let's just do this for all of his bouts. But, um, right. The new Japan office honestly should do that considering how this guy operates and and what he does in his matches. That should be, they should be smart enough to say, actually, sir, uh, we are no longer going to stand for this shit. And there will be lumberjacks in all of your matches moving forward. That's right. Um, but yeah, it sucked. It was, 
as shitty as I thought it would be. And Sonata is just not an exciting or interesting champion at all. What do you think? Uh, I'm with you. Yeah, crowd doesn't really doesn't give a shit about Sonata at all, as per usual. Uh, he bores me to tears, as per usual. Uh, evil, I wasn't really expecting Evil to be the guy that would turn the the, the Sonata title reign around, and uh, he did not. <laughs> they had a 28-minute match. Uh, I thought it was boring as all fuck, and uh, it was over. And I'm counting the days down to the old Tokyo Dome when uh, hopefully well, Naito... he's going through all his old pals, yeah. and now he's got to go through his final old pal. Great. I am less interested. This is the least interested I've been in a Wrestle Kingdom ever since we've been doing this show. Yeah, There's I'm probably no there too. That. Yeah, I, I'm back kind of no. out on New Japan. I was in for a little bit. I think I'm kind of out in. again. You were in. I'm out again, man. This I thought this show was boring as fuck all around. This was a very boring show. Okay, so I'm not a alone. It wasn't just me show. being like, I don't, I'm not vibing with this. I oh, thought it was nobody, boring as shit. Okay. Nobody liked this. No one liked this show. Did anyone like this show? I don't this know. This is a very boring show. Um. I mean, there was just nothing happening on this show. I would say that, okay, if you're looking for positives, I am. I love this Okada Ishii Tanahashi team. I now I don't think that match was great, but the match was a lot of fun, and I hope they hold those titles forever. I just I love that team. I love the random teams that they face. Um. That was my match of the night. I, I like that match better than any other match on the end. Because that was at you least know, a I match where thinking, everybody brought effort. Everybody brought their A game, and, and I appreciate that. Well, there's no notebook matches on this show. Um, you know what I thought over-delivered to some degree was Tamatanga and David Finley. Yeah, over-delivered is a good way to put it. I, I, I can't say it was good or great, but I do think it, I thought it was going to be the drizzling shits, and it wasn't. It was actually pretty I it was okay. Good. Yeah, I thought it was like three and a half, somewhere like that. Um. And I was surprised by the title change, honestly. But now I guess it makes sense why they went back to that match when we were like, isn't this over? You know, but then they, they did another title switch. So, um, and then I thought there were two other matches that were uh, kind of interesting. The Clark Connors, Drilla Maloney match versus uh, Kevin Knight and Kushida. Again, a good match, maybe like three, three and a quarter or something. They... They, Kushida's fucking done. No, like he's they, toast. Yeah, he's fucking toast. They don't man. even. They don't book him. <laughs> like they don't even bother booking him half the time. He that one tournament, like he just he just lost all his matches. Um, uh, Super Juniors, you know, right? Are you talking about the Super Juniors? He, he came in and I, we thought they were telling a story with him, and they I I guess the story yeah, was this was an also ran yeah. <laughs> right. You know, he was teaming with Kevin Knight before he got elevated so like he he in that tournament that one year he didn't he finished in like last place too i think or something like that but uh, they just don't give a fuck about kushida anymore and i think it i do think it has something to do with when he left the first time where he put up that massive stink about wanting to be a heavyweight and they didn't want to make him a heavyweight and he left and it's it's almost feels like all right we'll take you back but you're not getting your spot back you know what i mean like I wouldn't even be surprised. Like, he's probably a freelancer, right? I doubt he's even under contract because he doesn't work the tours. And half the time, you forget that he's even around. And then when he pops up, he just loses all the time. So, I don't know. The match was okay. And then the, uh, I mean, the three-way was over. You know, the three-way was okay, but again, it underwhelmed. It was okay. I mean, Hiromu was out there talking a big game about how he's revolutionizing the, the, 
the the uh, a three way match or something, and then they just had a boilerplate three way match that you've seen a thousand times. I mean that that match could have existed on any show in any country across the world. That you know what I mean? Like it was just your standard. I I don't know. I mean there there was that three. I I don't know. I was tremendously disappointed by that three way match. I thought that was bad i i really considering the guys that were involved in there yo stinks obviously but 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 bailey and hiromu i i have higher hopes for those guys and they just did not deliver at all it was just a match just a match and it's it's i feel like you can't have just a match with these kind of guys in there but i really don't want to see three ways in new japan no it's always weird it's always a weird and uh yo with this denim look ah bad i (laughs) I don't want to go full Melissa Rivers on the red carpet here, but I, 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 I can't get into Yo and his mismatched denim, like the denim patch look. Like it's a bad look. Um, he comes across like some shitty like DDT undercard wrestler or something. But um, and I meant that match was okay, and the rest of this card was just, I mean, it's just junk. You know, you couldn't really get into any of it. Um, that that best of seven series i only saw two or three matches including this one what a drag that was I mean, <laughs> yeah, that had no the potential juice. to be a lot of fun and they ended up making it not that fun yeah i, I, I watched no energy i think three of no them juice. i saw i i think i saw three of them and i think i like this one the best which is saying a lot because it was and not they that did good. What, I, what you said they would do and i said they wouldn't which is just do the three three tie <laughs> right and then everybody stand around in the middle of the ring afterwards going uh did we settle anything? And everybody going, no, not really. <laughs> Just kind of like haphazardly shake hands Mulling and then around. everybody kind of left the ring. And then you're like, all right, well, that was a waste of a couple weeks. So great. So 3-3, three, three, dead even. I talked about this on Wednesday behind the paywall, but I think I'm I think I'm done on Minoru Suzuki. I think I'm done. Yeah, the shtick is... It's not interesting anymore. No, he he can, he can go and get paid by local like independent. If if you want to book him for your indie show and have him come out and make funny faces and chop a guy a couple times, great. But I'm done watching and, it and sing the song and everything. Right, right, I get right. It. Does the, the little claps? Is... Does the claps? Sing the song, chop a little bit, make funny faces. I, I think I'm over it. Yeah, I'm done. The presence is there. I understand, but I have seen it enough. I'm done with it. Okay, I've seen him live a million times. This guy's 55 years old. Do I expect him to show up in, where was it, Stockton, the Eddie Kingston match? Stockton, uh, Stockton California, yeah. right? Stockton, California, yep. Do I expect a 55-year-old Minoru Suzuki to show up in Stockton, California and try to have a, a fucking uh, five-star match with Eddie Kingston in an eight-minute YouTube match? I do not. So I don't even blame the guy. He goes out there. He does his shtick. People sing the song. He does his chops. He's in and out in six minutes. I don't blame him. Like, I'm not mad No, it's a great gig. No, it's a great gig if you can get it. I'm just over him. It's over. And, I, you know, I love the guy, but it's over. Yeah, I still get excited when I see him on a poster, and I don't know why. And I got to stop doing that because it just never actually clicks and i've seen him live a couple times uh, over the last couple years and every time i'm like ah man here we go and like sometimes i'll be there with people that have never seen him before and i feel bad because i'm hyping them up like a big time deal or whatever and then the match is over and i can tell my friends are like ah it it was all right and i'm like yeah okay i get it yeah you don't because if you don't know who he is and he just comes out you're because i had a friend the other day that that i went to i went to a show with and, and he was there live and 
his friend doesn't really watch wrestling. He watches, you know, cat very, very casually or whatever. And when it was all over, like he thought he was funny, but he was just like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of old guy. I don't know. <laughs> it's just like, you know, when, when you have no frame of reference for what this guy is, it's just like, yeah, I get it. It's just kind of, and, and I'm done. I'm, I'm over it too. I, I've, I've. It's not a, uh, he doesn't come across quite as menacing anymore. No. I, look, he's 55 years old. He comes across old. Like I said, my buddy, the first thing he said was like, that guy just looks really, really old. And I'm like, well, He's almost 60, so you're not wrong. I mean, he is he is really, really old. So is this going to be a guy where a certain segment of fans pretend that he's still good, like they do, like, Yoshiaki Fujiwara? Like, is that is that what we're headed towards with him? Because I feel like there's going to be a, a certain segment of fans who just can't just say, okay, we're done here. He's old. It, it He doesn't have the same menacing aura he's not putting in the same effort he's old i feel like this is the next guy in that chain because fujiwara a few years ago was still wrestling at like the age of 68 69 70 looked like fucking shit it looked like every step that that man took he was about to turn to dust like it was just awful it breaks your kayfabe you can't like there's no suspension of this right guys have to sell for him and stuff guys so. have to sell for that fucking horse shit you know it looks like his skin is melting off of his body like, it's just horrible to watch. Like, Dory Funk Jr., when he would come to All Japan in, like, 2016 and get in there and, like, guys would have to pretend to sell. Like, is that where we're headed towards with Minoru Suzuki? Like, he's not that bad yet. But it's the kind of thing that drives you nuts where people just can't admit, look, the guy was great for a long time. Right, it doesn't invalidate. Anymore. It doesn't invalidate your it, entire it validates childhood. validates nothing. Yeah. It's, it's right. okay to say that. It's all right. Right. Like, trotting these guys out there, to me, it's just sad. So, anyway, um, it's just five guys again. Yuya Uemura, as we all kind of suspected. It's a good fit, right? Yeah, yeah, he looks good. I guess he's a good fit. Sure. Wow, you're really down on this. I'm, you're down I'm, on all this. I'm, don't, I don't, I'm not vibing with a lot going on in New Japan right now. I don't know Look, what it this is. this wasn't a good show. I, yeah. can, I can't kill you. I don't. I just don't love the... I, it's probably Sonata. It's probably the main... It's Sonata. It's the main Sonata. title. Doesn't. I don't care. I also don't really care about a lot of the units. Like I don't know. I, just five guys doesn't really... I, I like Yuya, so that makes me a little more excited. I don't know. I just can't get into House of Torture. I cannot stand House of Torture. They added Kanemoro, yeah. so finally they have a good worker in the House of Torture, so that's good, I guess. But I don't know. Yeah. I Look, this wasn't a good show, so I understand it um, from that standpoint. But um, any other big takeaways I'm missing? That Tangaloa-Chase Owens match. Oh, God. Why? Like, I still don't understand <laughs> why? why. Like, Why did we need that? Who wanted that? Who asked for that match? Yeah, what was the point? No, like, like, I'm like, all right, maybe it'll do an angle, right? Were you thinking that or not even thinking that? I'm like, maybe <laughs> no, I was thinking angle. these guys are going to have a fucking boring-ass match, and then it's going to be over, and then I'm going to go, fuck, why did I have to watch that? And they had a fucking boring match, and it was over, and I said, why did I have to watch that? I don't know how I feel about having, like, the strong tag team titles on these shows either, like... I don't know. It's a lot of tag team titles. Man. There's a lot of titles, and not many of them mean anything right now. I think that's that's probably the biggest issue I have with with the company. And you know, is... I'm usually not that guy, but a lot of times on these New Japan shows, 
guys will come out with tag team titles and i have to stop and think which set of tag team titles are these who yeah. are mm-hmm. you know what yeah, I mean? it, it was this ma- this show exactly when when the grills of death or when, when the the war dogs came out i was like what the fuck i don't even remember what title these guys have do they have the 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 no they have new japan strong open weight tag team because i was thinking they're not the yeah. main tag title holders are right? like and I, in my brain i'm like we, I'm, I'm like, I, I, man, I don't, I can't keep track of them anymore, and I don't know if that's like that, it's probably a me thing because I'm not as engaged with New Japan right now. But I don't know. There's a lot of tag team. I mean, this show had like four different sets of tag team titles. Rich, I watched the whole fucking tour, and it's not just you. Like a lot of times, these tag team champions come out, and it takes me a second. Yeah, and it shouldn't. I should be like, oh, okay, those are the junior tag team champ or whatever the fuck. Um. Anything else on the uh, destruction in Rugoku 2022? <laughs> I know that's not how you pronounce it, um, but uh, I'm sure they're going to get upset. It's no, hard I... to get really – look, it's hard to get into this, a review of the show, because there was nothing it happening. Was, yeah, and it was like the, the video file was like five hours and 15 minutes, and I was like, oh. Oh, my, oh my God. God. I saw that, too, and I was like, kill me. <laughs> um but it wasn't like no, it no. There was a lot of dead space in it, which was good because I clicked play and I was like, end. "Oh no!" <laughs> well, because <laughs> no, we no. had to have. Yeah, look, we got to drag out Muto, of course. So um, Sonata wins with the with the fucking shining wizard. Right. Oh, the worst part. Have, yeah, we gotta have Muto get in there because that's Muto's boy. You know what I mean? So you know we have to do all that again. I, that's another guy I've had enough of. I can live. I think the Undertaker and Keiji Muto should just fucking get on their motorcycles and drive off a cliff and leave me alone. How right. about that? Oh, you, don't want the, you don't want the just... pro vampire to suck the blood of another promotion? Come on. I, I've had enough of the Undertaker. I've had enough of Keiji Muto. I'm not like this big nostalgia guy. I, I'm done with these people. Well, here's the thing they with the, the, the older guys is that you can watch their matches in their primes and enjoy them still to this day. You don't have to watch them when they're like broken down husks of themselves uh, slowly walking to the ring with a limp. Like you could just go, hey, Great Muda. He was really fun. I liked Great Muda a lot in 1992. And that's okay. You could just do that. And, 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 and it's okay. You could just, you know, it's fine. Yeah. But, um, so anyway, he got the endorsement from his mentor, or whatever the fuck. Yeah. And uh, now we go into a Wrestle Kingdom main event that I am struggling to care about. I Look, the LIJ fans are going to be into it, I'm sure. A lot of story there, but I don't give a shit. Yeah, my, I, my I, I cannot concern, possibly care. My only concern is get the title off of this fucking dry-ass charisma is void. Let's just, you know, it's time to abort this mission. Just um um team Naito here. Let's stardust press this fucking geek and pin him in the middle of the ring. And why did why did I say stardust? Let's destino this geek in the middle of the nah, ring. Maybe he'll do the stardust. Yeah, why not? Do the stardust press. Really, maybe. really, really, really lay it into the guy. He might, he probably will. Maybe he'll give him the shining wizard and we'll drag Muto out there again to um you know what? I, as long as we get the title off Sonata, I'll take it. Uh, anything to get the title off of this fucking guy. Because I think you're right. I think he's affecting the entire tone of the promotion at this point. So. Well, like I said, it was uh, a big adjustment. Like I said, when he first got the title, as I said, we're all going to have to get used to this thing where what felt, what for almost the entire time that most people listening to this show have been watching New Japan Pro Wrestling, the title has been on a guy that you were guaranteed, no matter what else was on the show, that you were probably going to get a good fucking match in the main event. You know what I mean? Like, you had the evil run. That wasn't good. Pretty much every other time 
other than that, you were guaranteed from from Tanahashi to Kojima to Okada to Styles to Osprey to Shingo to Naito to all those dudes. You were pretty much guaranteed that when when that match was going to hit the the ring, you were going to get something good. You don't have that anymore. So if the rest of the undercard underwhelms, you're looking at like, fuck, now I got a 30-minute Sonata match to watch? And it it stinks. It's just not he's, – well, he's terrible. So – I got good news. Taiji Ishimori's back. Mm. <laughs> we forgot about that. Yeah. Um, oh, so I, I forgot gonna, about it for sure. Yeah. I, I'm supposed to get so excited gonna, about he, Taiji Ishimori and Wrestle- Hiromu again. Great. All right. I can't wait. Let's see if he's going to be the Wrestle Kingdom match again, I guess. Right. Uh, I think they're doing it sooner than that. Maybe. Is there another show? I don't. I thought they like were pa- doing power it. Struggle or something. I thought they were doing it before that, but I, I, I could be wrong. Um. Yes, power struggle. Well, they have to have, power, power struggle. Yeah. You're getting power struggle is on uh, November fourth. November fourth. You have uh, is the final of the Super Junior Tag League. Yes, and power struggle. Right. 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 So that's where they're doing the junior title match. So it's the junior title match. Um, the it, six man challengers are yeah. TMDK with Zack Saber Junior. Mm-hmm. And then we're getting Naito and Yotasuji. Versus Sonata and Yuya Uemura, which actually is an interesting match. That's going to be a great match because three people are going to be charisma dynamos and blow off the screen, and then the other guy will be Sonata. <laughs> it's another great example of like, yeah, maybe let's push yeah. somebody else other than that guy when everybody else. Can is so I much- talk about? Well, we we should we should talk. Listen, Yuya Uemura, nothing but rave reviews from anyone he worked with in the United States. You know, and I don't think I'm speaking out of school, but he got booked in Inspire a couple because Biss loves booking yeah, mm-hmm. these excursion guys. He loves it. He loves taking advantage of that. He couldn't stop bragging about what a professional that and and how great this guy was in the locker room and what a hard worker he was and great. You, I, I at some point I'm tapping out. I'm like Biss, enough. I mean, you know, enough with the you. He could not. St- Stop bragging about how great of a guy this is to have in your locker room and what a star he's going to be. And if you uh, listen to what comes out of Impact, it's the same thing. So there's something special with this guy. And he made a great, great impression when he was here in America. And the other thing is funny is how many times did I have to come on this show and reassure people that he was cut, that he was never leaving New Japan? How many times did I have to do that? So finally, maybe people can stop with now that he's officially back. He just liked fucking with people on Twitter. He's just a, a, a guy that just he liked doing that. You know, the whole, you know, he would be like, oh, I don't know. New Japan doesn't want me or, you know, Impact is my home. And You're right. Yeah. At Impact shit. Wrestling, Seriously. book me at. He did that a couple, yeah. uh, like a week ago. He said, open for bookings in the U.S. at Yuyomura at Gmail or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's like. And I had to constantly reassure people on this show that because I would ask. He got me time. even. He got me. I, I You told me for months yeah. and months and months and months. And I forget there was something that he did. And I'm like, I don't know, Joe. I think this guy's done. It was like, I forget what he did, but he, he got me even. He got me. He's a worker. Yeah. He's a worker, you know? And every time I I would ask and every time I keep getting the same answers. No, he's with New Japan. You know, it's uh, he's he'll be back at some point. So. Um, they weren't going to let him like slip through their fingers. You know, it's, uh, there's going to be big plans for him, but you know, that'll be power struggle. But before that we have the Royal quest that is this weekend. So copper box 
Power yeah, tickets for on RevPro, RevPro on demand for for that uh, show as yeah, well. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. You can yeah. watch it. Yeah, live. I think a lot of people forgot to cancel their subs from the uh, show on All In Weekend. So if you were one of those people, you know you're going to get to watch this show either live or on demand. I sub to them anyway. But um, Taiji Ishimori versus Robbie X, El Desperado versus Trent Seven. That's a weird match. Uh, Yota Suji versus Luke Jacobs. Whew. I'm Circled ready for out. that one. Ready for that one, man. Yeah. Connors and Maloney versus Cameron Kai and Leon Slater. Circle that one. Yeah. Cameron Kai, of- also like 18 or 19. Leon Slater just turned 19. We've talked about him many times on the show. That's one to Stupid definitely watch. Good. Yeah. Stupid good. A lot of story there, too, with Maloney and, and Slater and all that. Um, Phantasmo, Tamatanga, and Tangaloa versus Coughlin, Finley, and Kidd. Eh. Um. Ren Narita and Shota Aminu versus Francisco Akira and the Great Okan. That's the Great Okan in RevPro. Always an extra interesting dynamic there. Bushi and Tetsuya Naito versus Duki and Sonata. Uh, Eddie Kingston, Hiroshi Tanahashi, and Michael Oku versus Hanare, Jeff Cobb, and TJP. All right. Uh, Tomohiro Ishii versus Shingo. You know, you can always count on old Andy to give you some fucking work rate masturbatory stuff oh yeah you know? for sure yotsuji and luke jacobs ishi and shingo yeah per- perfect yeah. perfect uh, stuff you know quilden one of us one of yep. us mm-hmm. you know, he, he, he'll throw the bones he'll throw us some bones I, I like that guy and then of course will osprey versus zach saber jr so we see how many tickets they sell for that uh we compare that to what the last time they were there we can compare it to rev pro uh, a couple months ago but that's interesting looking show there's some filler in there that i don't particularly have any use for but plenty of good stuff too. So that's the Royal Quest. Um, are we done here? We got a couple minutes. What do we know? Uh, we got a couple minutes. Let's talk about the Observer Hall of Fame real, real quick. We got okay. about four minutes here. So let's. Uh, we're, we are doing the usual uh, on this uh, on our Patreon. We always do Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame audio, and this year will be no exception to that. Uh, it'll all be on our five dollar tier. By the way, it's easier as well to you know with our collections that we talked about before on Patreon. It's easier to find yeah. uh, the archives of the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame coverage. But uh, yeah, we are going to do it uh, as we always do. Uh, we like to do not only I did the introduction and the primer to kind of get you ready for the Hall of Fame. Everybody that's eligible, some of the new rules. So go listen to that episode. It's about twenty five minutes, just kind of get you up to speed on what's going on with the Hall of Fame, the criteria. If it's your first time, uh, all a lot the other of rule stuff. Changes. Yeah, a lot of rule changes that that are going to be important here, and, and I also do my, my normal plea that I do all the time that if you you're listening to this and you go I don't care about Dave Meltzer I don't care about the wrestling observer hall of fame who cares our audio you don't have to give a shit about Dave Meltzer or the wrestling observer hall of fame or who voted for who at the end of the day it's going to be multiple multiple hours of us talking about great wrestlers us and special guests talking about great wrestlers us and special guests talking about great wrestling stories that's what it's going to be so if you like wrestling you like wrestling history listen to those shows you don't have to give a shit about the hall of fame it's all about talking about some of the best wrestlers of all time and boy do we do that we have a show in the can that will be released hopefully by the time most of you guys listen to this probably uh 3 p.m central time on our patreon uh roy lucier joined joe and i to talk about the mexico region and also just talk about everything that he's done in terms of archiving wrestling, some incredible stories that Roy gave us, just some all-time, all-time great stories. You and I, we both got off the line with Roy and at the exact same time messaged each other with, 
some combination of that rocked, this rocked, holy shit, that was awesome. Like some combination of that came out of our like at the exact same time. That was one of those ones where when we when I hit like end call, I was pumping my fist. Like that was good audio, man. That's one of the best things I think we have ever ever done. That's kicking off our coverage this year, the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame. So that's all going to be available. Yeah, FlagshipPatreon.com. Like it's shows. so good. If if you like the Hall of Fame shows, you're going to learn something with that one. And he was a great guest. He's knowledgeable. He told really fun stories. Um, he, you know, he sometimes you get a guest and you kind of have to work them into they're, they're a little shy or they're not used to doing audio or they don't understand necessarily. Maybe they're not listeners. So they don't understand. How, and it, it sometimes it takes a little while for them to settle in. He understood the deal and he was very good. And you're going to learn something. The knowledge, the enthusiasm, the guy just loves wrestling and you know, great conversations, not just about the Hall of Fame uh, candidates, but, you know, his his <laughs> crazy stories about his his collection of videotapes and how he acquired them and his relationship with Mike Tanay and his relationship with with certain wrestlers. It just I don't want to give any of it away. It's just a really great almost two hours of audio on the Mexico region of the Hall of Fame. It's a, it's a really you will learn something if you if you especially if you love the Hall of Fame audio to begin with. It's uh, we really got off to a great start, and everyone we have booked so far is a first-time guest. Yep. Mm-hmm. So we might not ultimately end up with all first-time guests, but everyone so far that we have booked is a first-time guest. So the Hall of Fame, you know, we don't like it. We do it every year, so you have to be careful about it being redundant. So we do like to rotate people, so you're not getting the same opinions all the time, and it's going to be at least three new guests this year, you know, including Roy, who was fantastic. Yeah, just really, really great audio and and great stories. And yeah, just just a, a tremendous show. And, and Roy is so much more important than the people that know. And there's probably people nodding along as we're talking about Roy and going, yeah, yeah, Roy's the best. Roy's incredible. Roy, Roy is a big reason why we can all watch a lot of the wrestling that we watch. There are a lot of people that probably don't know how important he is. And you might consume his content without even knowing it. You might be watching stuff all the time because of Roy that you don't even know about it. This episode is a great way to kind of understand just how much he's done for the world of, of wrestling history and wrestling archiving and and just more than that, the care and, and the passion that you're going to get. And and that's from all the guests that we have so far. I know all these people. I've talked to all these people before, not about Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame, but about wrestling. This is a passionate crew of people that that I am very excited to talk to each and every one of these people uh, about the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame. And, and again, it does not matter. But the Hall of Fame itself is the backdrop for what we're going to talk about. At the end of the day, we're just going to talk about a lot of really, really great wrestlers and great stories and great matches and all those sort of things. So uh, it, it's it, it's some people hate this audio. I know most people love it. Some people hate it, but I really do think it's some of the best stuff that we do uh, on our Patreon. So it'll be well worth the five dollars uh, over the next month uh, to 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 get in and, and listen to the uh, Observer Hall of Fame uh, audio. But uh, yeah, that'll be five dollars here. Uh, flagship Patreon.com, Patreon.com slash Voices Wrestling uh, or Voices of slash Patreon. Uh, for all of those, but uh, yeah, but hey, most of you guys hey, listen to this. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Speaking of lucha, real quick before we end this, how about Mystico versus Rocky Romero? Ah, fucking uh, awesome tone, tone. He still got it. Tone, you're reeling us back in. Tone, <laughs> Tony, Tony. What does this mean? Are we kicking Conan to the curb? Is yes. old Carlos on Hopefully. the outside looking in? <laughs> Carlos, hit the bricks, Carlos. Hit the bricks, right? Listen, if Tone can get that CMLL relationship going, 
Okay. Now look, I don't know what that's going to mean. Does that mean he's going to have to stop? Now look, maybe he'll sign up some of these AAA guys he's been using. I think he's got most of them signed anyway, right? I mean, we'll probably know more about all this for next week's show. And we should probably talk to Cubs and Bahari and people like that. Right? Yeah, get the lay of the land of how this all came together. and Before we before we say dumb shit, right? Like, let's talk to some people and come back next week. Because this is an interesting development. Very interesting development with the you know the political implications and everything else. So uh, <laughs> it's like in the chat, someone called him Cuban Russo. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> Carlos. Oh, man. Cuban Russo. I'm crying. Um, yeah, no. So that could be something. I'm sure. We'll try to learn more this week. Cuban I, I want to see what's going on there. But, uh, yeah, what's that? Rampage? Uh, that is Rampage. Rocky yeah, Mystico will be on Rampage. Uh, I also found out that he wrestled like 15 minutes away from me last weekend, and I had no idea. It's, I, I always, I never understand about, the, the, it was the Galley Lucha, and I always know to keep to pay attention to them, but for some reason their shows happen and I forget about them. And and this, I'm kicking myself because somebody texted me and said, hey, are you going to the Viking? Or the uh, Viking was there this weekend. Uh, he's, uh, you know, so I'll try to maybe get out to that show if I can. There's some stuff going on that day that I might not be able to. But, yeah, someone texted me and was like, hey, you going to that show with Mystico? And I was like, fuck, that is, I'm like at dinner with my wife. I'm just like, shit, how do I, there's yeah. no way I'm getting out of this. I can't be like, honey, why don't we go to, you know, <laughs> oh, hey, there's a wrestling show going on at this high school. <laughs> you know, I can't, you know, you can't. Pull that one off, but uh, yeah, it was. Um, I was like, "Fuck, I forgot about that." So uh, I never it. know. Is it is it going to be Mystico or is it going to be you know some guy with a mystical mask? I who's think gonna... Galley's usually pretty good. I don't know how they make yeah, any that's money. True. Galley doesn't bring. I don't know face. how they make right. any money. They're always booking dudes, and I'm just yeah. like, "What the fuck? These are like you can't be making any money on this show, right?" And uh, they might not, so I don't care. But uh, uh, anyway, that's um, I missed them. So hopefully, if you're in that area to go to uh, to Rampage slash you know, dynamite next week. You might not want to miss this guy. That's a hell of a booking. And, uh, there's going to be some ripples from that. That's not just a one-off. Hey, let's book Mystico. There's something going on there. Uh, we got to find out what, what that is. And hopefully we'll know are by we next getting week. Any, are we getting any, the casual fan doesn't know who Mystico oh, is. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Are you kidding? Yeah, for oh, sure. Yeah. Unfortunately, Cubs yeah. is, is battling this war right now with people. Oh, um, God. so yeah, we're getting a lot of, or like, Sin Cara, that guy stinks, you know, like that sort of yeah. stuff. And it's like, okay. <laughs> a lot of ass showing, a lot of ass showing going on on uh, X, formerly known as Twitter. And that's, uh, I'm more than happy to be away from it and let those guys fight that fight. But uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of, who's this guy? How, why am I supposed to care about this guy? And and you know what? I, 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 I await the Raj Geary tweet. You need to explain to the casual fan who yeah. Mystico is. Because uh, <laughs> if you're married and you have kids, you don't know who Mystico is. I, yeah. I, I, Patiently await the last the, time uh, we saw him, he was a geek. They got to reintroduce him. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, isn't it on Rampage too? Like, it is it on Rampage. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's a, it, it's a match at ten o'clock at night for the fucking nerds that are listening to our show. That's what it is. So just fucking leave it alone. It's for but, us. You know, no, it's not for you. It's okay. Yeah, it's for us. Fast Lane was for, for you. Us. Go watch Fast Lane. We'll watch this. Absolutely. But uh, yeah, you are getting the. The casual fan thing, so 
There you go. Anyway, uh, that is it for us. So again, flagshippatreon.com for all of our Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame audio. All the other stuff that we're doing uh, is available there. All the other bonus audio, bonus written content, all that stuff is available at flagshippatreon.com. Uh, that is it for us. Voiceswrestling.com for columns, reviews, previews of all these shows uh, as well. The uh, Voices Wrestling Podcast Network. Make sure you subscribe to uh, the full podcast feed uh, on your podcast app of choice as well as each individual show. Uh, that helps us out a lot if you subscribe to both. Uh, subscribe to the ones that you listen to. Subscribe to the overall feed. Do whatever you got to do. Uh, it'll help us out. Rate, review. Also uh, gives us a hand. YouTube. We are on YouTube. We're always trying to grow that channel. So uh, uh, YouTube.com slash Voices of Wrestling or just search Voices of Wrestling on YouTube. And uh, we'll have uh, special audio shows up there all the time. We have some special clips uh, from our bonus shows uh, available there, uh, as well as uh, some live shows, including the uh, Mike and JD show, which are live right now. We always talk about that on Thursdays. Uh, they go live in the midst of our show. I think they just went live about 20 minutes ago, maybe a half hour ago. Uh, so you can jump into the Mike and JD show after this. Uh, as we bid you guys adieu here. But uh, that is it for us. That is Joe. I am Rich. Flagship Podcast. We'll talk to you next time. Take care. Bye. Hey, everybody. My name is Jesse Collings, and I want to tell you all about my show, The Gentleman's Wrestling Podcast, here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. On The Gentleman's Wrestling Podcast, we do a thorough analysis on the biggest issues and trends within the pro wrestling industry. We talk a lot about pro wrestling media, we talk a lot about fan culture and wrestling's place within general pop culture, and we talk about the broader influences that are shaping the way we discuss and analyze the pro wrestling industry. We've had some of the brightest minds in the pro wrestling intelligentsia on the show, including WrestleNomics host Brandon Thurston, both Rich Krejci and Joe Lanza from the Flagship Wrestling Podcast. Trevor Dame from the Through the Years podcast, and a whole lot more. This isn't a show for hot takes. It's not a show recapping the latest episode of television. This is a show focusing on the biggest topics in pro wrestling and doing a deep dive on the real stories behind the surface level analysis you might find elsewhere. The Gentleman's Wrestling Podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts, and we'd really appreciate it if you gave us a try. Thanks.